On this episode of Hit the Books Podcast, we're talking the hey, video hey, game. My hey. turn, my turn. You, you know, real quick, I, I want to thank everybody, and uh, I want to say I, I nominate this award to my Reformed Orthodox Rabbi uh, Bill Clinton. Uh, thank you, everybody. Oh, <laughs> stay tuned. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit the Books Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Holcomb. I'm Emery Saunders. And I'm Dan Maloney. Dan, the man, Maloney, from Hit the Mats Podcast. will be joining us today. Nick Marlott is uh, out this week, but I uh, anticipate we'll see him again soon. Of course, you can always catch Nick Marlott along with Emery Saunders on Those Natural Ones every, still every Tuesday at 8.30? Uh, it's still every Tuesday at 8.30, but where you can find us might be changing soon, so... Stay tuned. I know recently you uh, had a Friday episode where you had your in-person yes. episode of yes, the uh, uh, D&D stream. Yes, uh, that should be uh, coming to YouTube on Monday for anyone who missed it. Great, so definitely look out for that. Um, I, I always put links in the description uh, on our YouTube channel and elsewhere. So be sure to check us out on YouTube, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Amazon Music, on Apple, iTunes, uh, podcast services uh pod bean we're everywhere man yeah wherever you can find a podcast you'll definitely be able to find us so if you want us anywhere else that we are not currently just reach out to us at htbvids on twitter at facebook.com forward slash hit the books or you can email us at hit the books vids vids at gmail.com and of course you can find all this info on our website htbvids.com on to the show all right. Well, today we got a heavy dose of video game news because the Video Game Awards just happened. We have a little bit to catch up on. Obviously, uh, you haven't seen us for almost a month. Uh, we, you know, uh, it's the reason for the season. Holidays. Yeah. And uh, I have a newborn infant at home, which is causing problems. It, Nick has had uh, some job transition stuff going on. Uh, yeah, so, that's a lot happening at the end of the year. So we apologize. It's been a little while, but uh, this episode will come immediately after the, the previous one, which was a month late. <laughs> so right. uh, you will technically get two back-to-back episodes in a row without <laughs> any issues, but uh, we'll see. Let this be the one time. We've also made some changes logistically as far as how you can break down the show and watch the program. If you're watching our YouTube channel, we now have time codes, as has been requested. Uh, Dan the Man Maloney was actually the one that brought this up to us, and I finally did the research i thought it was gonna be a big hassle shout out to youtube it was not you literally just type it into the description and it does it for you so i wish i would have done it sooner i'm going to go and retroactively do it to the previous episodes but uh one of the few times youtube did not make something incredibly tedious and impossible so shout out to them they've also uh, helped us out with uh the the title screen at the very end where you can oh. click a new video or move on or subscribe whatever so yeah. shout out to youtube they got some good infrastructure there i wasn't aware of and i should have been aware of <laughs> it's a little embarrassing that it's taken me this long to be aware of it but yeah. hey. they've improved and we're improving so uh thank you to our audience for being patient with me and my uh, terrible research skills <laughs> and thank you youtube for making an easy to use system all right well I think that's a good way to start the program. What have you guys been up to? 
Well, I saw a couple of movies recently. Uh, one of which being Black Adam. The other of which being Black Panther. Which is interesting because uh, one of the leads of these movies had something, definitely something to say about one of the leads of the other movies. The Rock, I'm looking at you. <laughs> and he didn't do enough roids? Uh, Look at a little chubby there, Squirt. Uh, he, he might have uh, maybe foregone the roids to focus on his acting. <laughs> <laughs> Savage. Uh, uh, look, I, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, while... Uh, Tena Cuerta might not have been the most uh, saucy of the Marvel leads. Uh, he definitely brought it in pathos, in feeling, in actually portraying a character. Whether or not that character was particularly well written, uh... the Footy Wings didn't do it for you. No, they can get you going. Mm, Got him, Baku. He, there, uh, look. He'll give you some uh, thirst. I don't care how you bedazzle your feet to go with your footy wings. <laughs> They're still fucking footy wings. <laughs> and uh, I don't care how powerful you are when you have Baku try to hit you and you just counter that shit real quick. You still got footy wings. <laughs> <laughs> how has no one tried to rip those off your feet yet? Yeah, it seems weird that uh, of all the uh, modernization of the live-action movie characters, that's the one thing they had to just have. They kept, like, weirdly comics accurate. Like, okay, (laughs) like, the the ears, I get it. I really do. Like, this is a underwater elf man that you've created that, for some reason, flies through the water and also manages to keep all of his powers while not having, like, a... Uh, like a COVID-safe mask full of water in it, like the rest of his people. But you still got footy wings, man. <laughs> they're a little goofy. They're 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 a little goofy. But he did bring a a weirdly Magneto-esque pathos to the character, and also portrayed that same level of like Mad King. That you kind of need for that, yeah. But there are there are a couple of key scenes that really underserve him, Aww. and it makes me mad. Oh, <laughs> well, Dan, you've seen both these movies, correct? Yes. So uh, just between the two of you, because I ha- haven't seen them, I don't want to support them with my dollars until the <laughs> the quality of both universes improves. improves yeah, um, I'll watch them when they come out and streaming and whatever else. What did you guys think? Kind of leaving spoilers off the table. Just general consensus. I liked Black Adam enough that I don't regret going to see it. I didn't think it was anything revolutionary. Um, it had its moments that were funny. It had some decent action. There were also some things I didn't love about it. Some of the dialogue, especially some of the themes, just seemed so on the nose to almost be beating you over the head with it. I mean... I I don't like when art has to tell you, this is what this art is about. (laughs) And that just seemed to keep happening. Like, they just kept saying, this is not your country. You're here to steal our resources. And it's like, yes, I understand what the movie is about here. I know what the themes are supposed to be. You don't have to directly tell us over and over and over. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, I, I second that wholeheartedly. 
I will also say that I I really want someone to check up on Pierce Brosnan because his back has to be hurting for carrying that entire movie. <laughs> I'm I'm glad to hear that. I really love Pierce Brosnan. I I I am totally on board a Brosnan sans to follow up the uh, Brendan sans. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's bring Pierce Brosnan back. He was fantastic in this movie. He was very good. Who was not good were the other members of the Justice <laughs> Society who the... were cringeworthy. Especially that there was a, uh, you know, no spoilers, but there was a bit of a romance angle that felt more unnatural than any romance I can remember seeing on any screen, big or small, in quite some time. <laughs> See, uh, that, that uh, my issue with that uh, romance is that that seems very television-worthy. Mm-hmm. But it didn't really have much of anything like for like a movie. It's like, okay, here's this, not even a B plot. This is like C or D plot that's happening over here. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we're trying to quell the anger of a newly enraged Egyptian god. And we're failing. <laughs> and we're failing real bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, I haven't seen it, but I feel like they could have made a helmet. They could have made a costume, because the CG looks terrible. Did Dr. Fate really have to just be shiny as fuck, like, goofy levels of CG? Look, Pierce Brosnan is an old man. (laughs) We are going to give him the most comfortable costume we can possibly manage, which apparently is just CGI pajamas. You just gotta give him a zipper. (laughs) He'll be fine. (laughs) Uh, Give him I, a plastic helmet. I am assuming they went this direction probably because Pierce Brosnan himself said, I'm not wearing a heavy suit. I'm a little too old for that. Lame. If, if you give me PG like CG pajamas, just digitally recreate the thing over me. That they could have all they had to do was give him a shirt. <laughs> just a shirt and then have some stunt guy wear the helmet like that's all you gotta do just film him from the chest up when he has to take the helmet off you know i know he's not wearing the costume the entire movie so uh there's ways around this that don't cost 200 million dollars worth of cg work uh, okay do, you do realize who made this movie right no <laughs> don't remind me <laughs> We call them doing cocaine comics for a reason. (laughs) Uh, Because all of their decisions seem to be fueled by that. So how about uh, Black Panther? What did you think of Black Panther? I thought Black Panther was certainly a better movie than Black Adam. Um, I think it was probably one of the better Marvel movies I've seen in some time. Um, But it still wasn't amazing. And actually, there was almost almost a parallel complaint about it. As with Black Adam, is some of those same themes cropped up very early in the movie, like that scene in the in the UN. Oh, there's a political yeah. leaders meeting, and it had like big Iron Man two vibes when he's like in front of Congress <laughs> trying to own them, and you as the audience are supposed to be like, "Oh my God, Iron Man is so cool!" Yeah, take that, stupid politicians! Like that yeah. that kind of thing happens. Yeah, it's like take that, United Nations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't know anything. And then you, you know there was also some of that same like, "You're trying to steal our resources. You are colonialists." It's like, yes, I understand the movies a little bit about colonialism. I understand that's a persistent theme. You don't have to keep directly telling me that over and over and over but besides that i actually like the way that they handled kind of the situation they were in i mean you could tell that 
a big part of the movie was just like an homage to Chadwick Boseman and the character that he created and that a lot of the actors seem to be using the movie as an opportunity to kind of express their grief through their art form. So I could really feel that. So it was very emotionally powerful in that way. Um, I really did like the villain. I liked Namor a lot. Uh, Footy wings aside. <laughs> I thought he was a very interesting, compelling villain. I loved Halicon, and I felt like we could have spent more time there than we did. It seemed like they, they gave us a little taste, and it felt like there's a lot yeah. more there that could have been. It, it was definitely a taste. I, I'll definitely agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Although I, I, I got to... I really have to know. If I could pick uh, Ryan Coogler's brain about anything, it would be the, why is the Talokan greeting... <laughs> Gator chomp? <laughs> is that it, what it is? Either that or they're trying to throw fireballs. I mean, <laughs> uh, look, I, I'm a Street Fighter fan as much as the next guy, but this... You're a Dragon Ball fan? It, did the nerddom of Michael B. Jordan infect your movie so much that now you're not just giving him Vegeta's costume, you're giving an entire nation people the Kamehameha greeting? Aw, that's like cute. A, it, they all look like weebs down there. <laughs> <laughs> they got streaming, too. <laughs> uh, how did you feel about the uh, kind of like Aztec-ish angle they went with it instead of the comic book accurate version? I, I there is only one thing that I have an issue with, and that's his royal headdress. If he is a lord of the seas, why is he wearing feathers? That's a good point. That's a great <laughs> point. <laughs> what, Flying like fish. What, what bird did he get those feathers from? <laughs> Scooping up seagulls. <laughs> yeah. You're telling me this man is just wearing seagull feathers on his head? Oh, that's an image. <laughs> He's got bird wings on his ankles. <laughs> Probably from his own yeah, ankles. He grows those feathers. <laughs> he farms himself. Like he made his headdress out of toenails. <laughs> Ew. (laughs) (laughs) And and here's the thing. It would be one thing if the feathers were like this big. Or maybe like this big. But we're talking like big ass eagle style feathers. And it's like, what? Yeah, that's probably a logical leap. You would imagine. (laughs) It's like, okay, like we really want to hone in on the, these are underwater Aztecs. There is nothing more Aztec than a big old feather, like, crown hat thing that also has either, like, a bird or, like, a jaguar, like, right on its face. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of an indictment on Marvel in general for not having any good Native American characters to use. So they just oh. had to adapt a different character to it that doesn't really make sense. Oh! I mean, mm-hmm. the imagery is cool. It's cool that it's in there, but... Just it feels from an outside perspective like it's just because they don't have any anything remotely good in the Native American world. Well, that's the thing; they do have Native American characters. They've Marvel's just repeatedly treated them all like shit. Shocker! <laughs> tell, like, tell me how they hurt you this week. <laughs> oh, right. So there's this uh, Fox show called. Uh, it's not Legion. That's a good show. Um, it's called The Gifted. And the leader of this group of mutants, the leader was Thunderbird. 
you know, that, that mutant that got killed immediately as soon as they realized they already had Wolverine on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're getting rid of this guy. Convenient. Con- uh, very convenient. Uh, and then the other Native American characters are so not prominent that I can't even remember their names. Yeah, I'd yeah, uh, I'd be hard fought to try to remember one to be it, honest. It, yeah, it was like when I think of a Native American character, I think of the character that showed up and got killed in the same issue. Yeah, not yeah, great. Not it, a great it, look. It's not great. But I understand why they went with Aztecs because in the <clears throat> in the movie demographics, uh they're trying to differentiate themselves as much as they can. From their biggest, com- I think it's charitable to call DC a competitor at this point. Um, <laughs> Sir, <laughs> it only lost $50 million. <laughs> uh, yeah, and an entire movie universe. <laughs> James Gunn, save us. <laughs> Peter Safran, save us. Uh, when you have your <clears throat> competitor uh, already use Atlantis before you can get to it, you have to differentiate yourself as much as possible because we're always operating from a standpoint of what if someone walked into this movie and it was their first Marvel movie? It's not like we've been building an entire movie universe over the course of like more than a decade. Yeah. We're, we're trying to avoid people feeling like they have to do homework before going in. Well, that brings up a, a funny point, because both Dan and I had to educate our wives so that they could <laughs> see certain movies in the theater. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. Because, obviously, they neither of them were really into comic books and superheroes and that sort of thing. They'd seen a movie here or there, but didn't have any idea what the fuck was going on right so yeah but i had to do it and then dan had to do even more because he did it a few years later (laughs) yes we had to run the gauntlet Uh (laughs) of every marvel movie that mattered we skipped the ones that uh, iron man 3 doesn't matter yeah i also skipped that one it it doesn't do anything for you don't have to watch it let's move on how else are we going to explain that random child at tony's funeral (laughs) (laughs) but that's what's going to be a problem for Marvel going forward is mm-hmm. the longer they push this not a reboot you know it's it's awesome that they can do something like this and sustain it as long as they have it's really impressive i don't care how bad they are now but, <laughs> but it is impressive they've gotten this far however you can't really grow an audience if you have to do mm-hmm. 10 years worth of homework just to understand what the fuck's going on that's true and the amount of homework keeps piling up yeah is the in the TV shows? Oh my god! Like it's, uh, it's the mountain of homework that someone would have to do to get into Marvel now. Mm-hmm. It's the amount of homework that would make someone just like stop going to school. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we're talking probably over a hundred hours worth of watching that you need to do to understand where we are and what's going on in the grand scheme of things. Right. I mean, a lot of this stuff you can sit down and watch individually and probably be okay. Right. But you're not going to have that greater context. What's, what does this secret ending mean? Like who (laughs) who the fuck is this guy? Why does this matter? You know, you're, you're not going to catch all the cameos from the other franchises and the crossover and the illusions. You know, like if you didn't see infinity war, 
you're going to have no idea what they're talking about in all of these TV shows or they're talking about the blip and about Loki dying and all this stuff. You're not going to have any idea what the fuck they're talking about. Oh, no. And, yeah. And uh, why is everybody so depressed and emo? Like <laughs> the, the problem pendulum also swings the other way in that while there's a whole lot of homework to get in, those who are in are now having to deal with all of the... The dips in quality that have been happening over, like, the last couple of years. And now the the sunk cost fallacy is starting to dip into the point of, at least for some people, saying, okay, this is getting to be too much. Maybe we should have called it at, you know, endgame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, to me, all of it ended with Infinity War. <laughs> that was my preferred ending the thanos just wins yeah, thanos and the, the, that's just it that's it plenty of resources for everyone uh, i was you. happy there thank you thanos leave it at that <laughs> i mean uh with the, the end credit scene for that one i would also want to leave it at that mm. it's like oh no we're all dying and we finally now have to call Captain Marvel. <laughs> you, hate, you hate her so much. I'll I'll never understand why you hate her so much. She it's fine. She's fine. She never hurt you. <laughs> she is the one character that completely breaks uh what's the phrase that I'm looking for? She completely breaks the convention of the origin story. Like, not only does this character start with amnesia and have to piece out uh, what it is that their backstory is, when they finally find out that their backstory is, the power was inside you all along. <laughs> well, obviously. <laughs> it's like, the power was all inside you all along this whole time, and we've just been... Yeah holding you back you haven't you haven't really needed to grow or to learn anything i haven't or... watched that movie in a long time did they ever explain why she had amnesia uh they just assumed that uh by having the cosmic cube kind of blow up in her face that that would just be a traumatic enough experience for her to not remember anything lame <laughs> see they they could have snuck like a somebody touched her oh rogue touched her perhaps oh there's no way brie larson would let that shit happen <laughs> <laughs> and that's why she lost her memory but no oh we're yeah. going with the cosmic cube is traumatizing yeah, also, there's no way they could even hint at that, because, like, the second you hint that Rogue had, like, any interaction with her... You don't have her, to name names. <laughs> look, man, I'm just saying. Uh, there's look. ways they could do this. I just don't think they were creative enough. They were too busy with their alien cat. Fuck that alien cat. <laughs> Fuck that alien cat up its stupid ass. I'm not one to promote the harming of animals, but this animal is a fictional thing that doesn't really exist, so fuck this dumbass animal. That's one of the, the worst best... plot twist in the history of superhero cinema, by the way, that that's the cause of Nick Fury's Thank eye you! <laughs> that is the actual, Fucking thank that you! That is the actual worst reveal that I've ever experienced in any franchise at any Yeah, that was pretty life. dumb. That was pretty dumb. That's why I gave it a six. It's, his whole character is being a badass with a badass eye patch, and 
all that happened was he got scratched by Mr. Snookums. <laughs> That's why I t- I said instead of a three, this movie's a two. <laughs> hey, maybe that was the scroll version. You don't know. You shut the fuck up. <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> We're still trying to fucking parse out where the fucking scrolls fit into this at all. <laughs> we'll find out soon. Oh, God. It's coming. Secret invasion. That's probably going to hurt me. <laughs> I mean, they already kind of ruined the premise by making them all, like, peaceful, nice people. Kind of defeats the purpose of secret invasion. So. It really does! I, I don't know how they're going to handle that. But okay. <laughs> it's like the entire point of having the scrolls here is that it gives you a sort of like changeling slash invasion of the body snatchers type scenarios. Like, who is real? Who isn't real? Did Tony die? Was that a scroll? Who fucking knows? But now it's like, oh, they're all kind of good. Are we just going to say that these are like immigrants who are just hiding because they have nowhere else to go? Oh, oh, that's not what you do with Secret Invasion. (laughs) All right, moving on. Before we spend another hour and a half like that last episode, (laughs) we'll talk about Captain Marvel for uh, way too long. I'm still mad. Show us on the doll where they hurt you. I, I just, I, I motioned to the entire doll. That is where it hurt me. It hurt me in the all of me. Sorry, buddy. All right, moving on. What else have you been up to? Uh, gaming quite a bit. Uh, I got to finally play Gotham Knights. It is it as bad as everybody is pretending it is? I haven't played it, so. It's Marvel's Avengers. Oh, no. It's Marvel's Avengers. That's worst case scenario. <laughs> no. Don't. It's Marvel's Avengers that tries to lull you into thinking, oh, this is kind of a good game. No, it's not. It's a, it's a mediocre to bad game. Hey. That kind of lulls you into thinking, oh, I like this game because I kind of like the story until we get to the end. We're big fans of mediocre on this show. Mediocre! <laughs> but yeah, it looks terrible. It sounds terrible. Oh. I had I, oh, anybody no. who has the time and cares to find out, go look at some past episodes where we talk about the trailers for this game. I've been calling this shit for like a year. <laughs> I said something doesn't look right. Something Some- doesn't feel right. Something is wrong with this. <laughs> sure enough. And then they had their uh, review embargo until the day of. That, oh. That's always the way you know it's oh, going to be bad. Oh, yeah. That's always a bad sign. They're trying to hide something. Uh, I mean, and here's the thing that's always going to chat my ass. Arkham Knight came out seven years ago. Seven years ago, they they had at least that long, or at least as long as it would take to I don't know, copy and paste some of that map. Yeah, and the, uh, oh. the map, the combat, <sighs> the navigation. They even had DLC where you could play the other characters. So it's not like they haven't done navigation with these characters before, right? And they give Nightwing a glider. <laughs> like what? <laughs> they. It's not just a glider. It's a fucking Fortnite glider. Yes. 
it's, 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 it's a hideous. A Fortnite glider that it looks like, like a Beetleborg. Oh, like oh, he's a. Uh, we call it the trapeze because he's an acrobat. We're going to reference him being an acrobat maybe once or twice. Ugh. And that's so lame. They're the Ninja Turtles. The the, the entire family <laughs> dynamic that they set up in this game is that Alfred is Master Splinter, and they're all the the respective turtles that they're clearly supposed to be. Uh, Nightwing, the blue one. Guess which one he is? Oh, Leonardo. <laughs> Red Hood. Red. Guess which one he is? Raphael. Oh, who would have guessed? <laughs> the purple one. Batgirl. Guess which one she is? Donatello? Oh my god, it's She's like you're onto something. Computers. Wow. <laughs> wow, the- I never thought about it like that, but you're totally right. <laughs> you're 100% correct. They are the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Except, weirdly, the Shredder was Batman. Yeah, well, <laughs> about that, though. About that. So a lot of story footage came out on the internet after that game came out, and you I realized... the entire story? The entire story. <laughs> and uh, I realized, you know, I'm probably not even going to bother trying to play this game. And I watched the story trailer that explains how and why Batman dies, and then the eventual ending, which is just even stupider. <laughs> Like, why? Why? Why would any of this need to happen? So, in case you're not aware, the Batman kills himself in his cave fighting Ra's al Ghul uh, for reasons. He just blows up the cave because he can't possibly subdue this guy any other way. You know, this guy who he's been fighting for like at least a decade and successfully subdued for at least a decade. (laughs) And the only option is the nuclear option. Blow up the cave, destroy all of my tools, and kill myself. Oh, you've never been in a pinch and just had to commit suicide? Yeah. And he gets naked for no reason, too. Like, he's half naked in the middle of the fight for no reason. Okay, he gets half naked and then walks towards the cases of the costumes of his younger protégés. Like... Man, the internet was joking about the Epstein angle with this yeah. character. You do not need to lean <laughs> into it. Disturbing like at all. There. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, not, no. Not, not great. It just looks terrible. It's, uh, mm-hmm. And it's it's not like the, the table hadn't already been set, like you were alluding to. Right. We've had four Arkham games that show you how to do all of this, plus DLCs that show you how to do this with the other characters. So well, I don't... It, I, it, it, Batman dies at the end of Arkham Knight. <laughs> Why didn't we go with that death? <laughs> oh, this is... Uh, you, you hadn't heard? This is not the same canon, apparently. This oh, is, fuck this game. This is a, <laughs> so, uh, funny enough, the Suicide Squad game mm-hmm. is an Arkham canon. Son of a... <clears throat> it hurts that it's just been revealed that the voice of uh, Batman in Suicide Squad is... The last recording of Kevin Conroy. Yep, we'll talk about it in the news, but unfortunately, Kevin Conroy has passed. Unfortunately. Uh, the iconic voice of Batman for many years in the animated series and the Arkham games, and he even made some cameos in the CW universe, and supposedly maybe in the Flash movie, but uh, we don't need the Flash movie. They're still going to release the Flash movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Don't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, you already wasted the money on Batgirl. Just, mm-hmm. This is just one more. Just, just <laughs> we don't need more Ezra Miller in our lives. But they're, uh, they're going to give us more Ezra Miller. Yeah, that's it's, it, um, <laughs> doing cocaine comics. Right, we'll get to it in the news. Okay, okay we don't need to spoil everything. But <laughs> correction is happening, and uh-huh. I have faith in James Gunn and Peter Safran to dig us out of this horrible pile of shit that we have gotten stuck in. Oh, spoiler. That's a character that was missing from Gotham Knights. <sighs> we we don't need more. <laughs> you sure it. we don't need more Robins? Just, just leave it as is. Just, I, no. I, I feel like the, the rooms no. for Robins are like a pocket dimension. Bring Wayne Casey Kane in and just... Uh, oh. just no. Mm. We don't need everybody, no. You, you, you don't Stephanie want to do, Brown can stay away. You, you don't want to do uh, Cassandra Kane. No. 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 You, you don't want to do uh, Carrie Kelly. No. 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 You, you don't want to do Duke Thomas, The Signal. Let's just make a story <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense and start there. <laughs> then you can add whoever you want. Do we get to do cocaine right after this? Absolutely. Okay, let's make that money. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anything else you've been up to playing? Did you uh, finish Cyberpunk 2077? I did. Final impressions. It seemed like you started really high on it, and then you just shit on it for two episodes. So... (laughs) I don't know like, what you're... It was you're... like up here, and then up here, and then and I ki- I'm kind of ending like, uh, it was pretty good. All right, okay. But... You down for this uh, upcoming DLC we'll discuss later in the show? Maybe. All right, all right. It, it sort of depends. We'll we'll talk about that. Anything else you've been up to? Um, Have I been up to anything else? Besides that, and playing probably way too much D&D, not, not much, really. All right. Moving on. Of course, you can find that on Those Natural Ones. Those Natural Ones. Uh, changes to where we're going to be viewable coming soon. Dan, what have you been up to? Well, one thing was, uh, and I have a t-shirt to prove it, I was at the first GalaxyCon Columbus 2022, which happened December 2nd through 4th at the Greater Columbus Convention Center. Uh, I suppose they will be there for at least four years, so I would highly recommend to anyone that has literally any kind of fandom <laughs> to attend, <laughs> because every type of fandom I can think of was represented there. Yeah. Uh, oh. Huge selection of comic books, uh, art, there were cosplayers, there were actors from all kinds of different franchises spanning Star Trek to Smallville, uh, there was a Q&A with William Shatner that I attended that was very cool. Um, there was Man's wrestling. 91. Yeah, 91 years 91. old. Ooh, he's still doing conventions and going into space and yeah. all sorts of crazy stuff. And he's still, he's still relatively sharp. I mean, he has the tendency to ramble incoherently at times, but for the most part, uh, he's still a great storyteller. He told a story about swimming with sharks that had everybody rolling. Uh, so <laughs> uh, he told the story about being on The Masked Singer, which apparently is a horrible gig from when he tells us. <laughs> um, he was actually very offended because the person that was introducing him to bring him on stage it was you know listing off all his accomplishments and just mentioned that he was on the mass singer and he started his appearance by spending probably 12 straight minutes railing against the mass singer <laughs> as a production hear that uh, brock you son of a bitch <laughs> turn that shit off yeah he said that he got a call from the mass singer he had no idea what it was but he was like okay i'll do it for x amount of money and he said that he specifically asked for a crazy high amount because he hoped that it would scare them off <laughs> 
and said they were like, okay. <laughs> so that's how they got him in the first place. Wow. They put him into a costume. He said he could not see, breathe, walk, move, or sing. <laughs> and then they shoved him on stage without warning. <laughs> oh, no. And he had to perform this song that he did not know was – he didn't even know the show was starting. There were dancers going. The music was going. And he had to just start singing. He said it was the worst exper- one of the worst experiences that he's had and that everyone else he's talked to who's been on the show has said the same thing to him. Wow. That it's just that you get totally taken if you're one of these celebrities on this show. That's that a horrible sucks. experience. So at least he got really paid. Interesting. Yeah. He, <laughs> apparently he got paid quite handsomely. So good not for that him. he needs the money right now. Yeah. But. Right. But uh, his Q&A was a bit derailed because, unfortunately, the first questioner was uh, a creationist school teacher that wanted to ask him whether his trip to space changed his viewpoint about God at all. Yikes. And so oh, that God. went to places that made everyone uncomfortable. Uh, Boldly going where no one wanted to. <laughs> exactly. That's precisely <laughs> that future what can't come soon enough. <laughs> that is precisely what happened. Uh, but when he was when he was telling stories about uh, about his career and some of his experiences, very interesting guy. So it was very cool to see him. GalaxyCon was a really good event. Uh, I met Jonathan Frakes while I was there. He was very friendly. They have very efficient photo ops. I mean, they can get you in and out quickly and. Uh, yeah, there was just there was something for everyone there. So that's awesome. Of course, we have uh, Sir Patrick Stew at the front, which you gave me for I was it birthday? It's my birthday. Yeah, I think it was your birthday. Yeah. So yeah, for Patrick... a while, uh, Patrick Stewart has been our uh, guest. Ah, yes. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, those who have been with us a long time remember Bob. Oh, but yeah. unfortunately, uh, Bob went through some chemical changes <laughs> that I could not reverse, <laughs> and uh, that we... we couldn't predict at the time. That was yeah. That was insane. That was wild. I never thought rubber would just eat through styrofoam and just literally (laughs) melt it. (laughs) It It's so crazy what happened under that cowl. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, back to Dan. Thanks for stepping in again. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Uh, nice having you over. We haven't recorded together since uh, we ended Hit the Mats podcast. That's true. So. No, it was quite a while ago. Yeah. It feels like ancient times. Yeah. But uh, yeah, GalaxyCon was a great event. I'm definitely going again next year. Um, Sweet. I, I had a if great baby's time. chill by then, maybe I'll come with you. Yes, I would highly <laughs> recommend. And uh, what else have I been up to? I, I am nine and a half years late, but I have finally gotten onto the Attack on Titan bandwagon. <laughs> I still, have, I still have not I gotten am, on that bandwagon. I am apparently the second to last person besides you to finally <laughs> go ahead and give it a watch. And uh, so far, I have mixed feelings about it. Not in the sense that I feel there's anything wrong with the quality. Um, I think it's a very, very good show. But it reminds me of Lost. Like the first time you watch Lost... Mm-hmm. They just hook you with this mystery, and they just make you want to know so badly, and then they string you out for years and years, <laughs> and you're just trying to understand. Just give me, and they just give you a little tiny taste of what's going on here, and oh, they just yeah. keep you coming back. So what's happened is I started this show eight to nine days ago. I'm now in season three already, which as a person that works two jobs means I'm spending quite a lot of my free time on this, but I still don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know what I'm watching. I don't know what the show is about. It sounds exactly like Lost. It, it's a, yeah. It, it's a very long, drawn-out mystery Yes, about these giants that keep springing up out of nowhere. Yes. You have watched the whole series, right, so far? Uh, so far, yes. And let's just say when you do find out more of what's going on, they introduce new questions that still need uh... to be answered. And it's like, oh, if they can do that, then who started this whole thing? Uh-huh. And if 
if they're going to do that, and now we have someone who can do that on our side, where does this lead to? Mm-hmm. And this is going to end up like lost. <laughs> I mean, you don't get an answer. <laughs> I, it, yeah, it gets very convoluted. It gets very uh, philosophical, but also in like a dark sense. Mm-hmm. Because... Why was there a polar bear? <laughs> still don't know oh uh, god don't e- don't even get me started on lost <laughs> what's attack on titan's polar bear uh attack on titan's polar bear is if i were to pick one of the polar bears it's the source of the random gigantism mm-hmm. and the why for me, it's why. Like, I'm starting to understand that there's some kind of intelligence behind what's going on. These are not just, like, random monsters that appear for no reason. There's obviously... But but why? <laughs> why do you need these big, ugly, toddler-acting, disgusting, revolting things just wandering around eating live human beings? Why would anybody think that was necessary? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh... What's unfortunate is that there are some online speculations as to the political aspect or the political leanings of the 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 guy behind the manga in the anime that uh let's just say there might be a reason why the nation that this starts in um is pretty similar to one that was giving a lot of people trouble in the 30s oh boy okay Interesting. That is interesting. But yeah. well, I avoided it because it got overhyped right when it came out, and it I knew it had just started, so there was no way a season two and three were coming anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So oh yeah, I just never hopped on that train. There was a mere <laughs> four year gap between season one and two. Mere four years. <laughs> mere four Only years. four years. Just an entire presidential Jeez. term between. No, no, no big deal. Right? <laughs> that's a uh, no big deal. Yeah, that's nothing. Right. That's a. Uh, it's like half a R.R. Martin book. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He, wrote nothing. he wrote two chapters in that time. <laughs> <laughs> and then watched basketball for like the rest of it. Yeah. And then wrote a side story no one asked for, his other favorite. And then album. he made a video game, which is featured in the news a lot. Uh, <laughs> and then he started another show based on a series of books that are like a prequel to that other series of books that still have yet to be finished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What in the hot D is George R. R. Martin doing? <laughs> There's no way he survives to finish that series. There's no way. There's no way. I refuse to believe that he's going to finish that series he's before a, he passes away. He's a rotund mid-70s something, and he still has a book and a half to write. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you he finishes it out of spite, <laughs> and people still hate the end because... While he managed to get people to beta test the end of it in, like, HBO series form, I don't think he's going to change it too much from what he's actually going to write. Yeah, that is the concern. I feel like we're going to end up with the token situation where he's going to have, like, unfinished notes that someone in his family is going to make a few bucks At least Tolkien finished the book. (laughs) (laughs) All that other stuff was just, like, encyclopedic stuff. This is true. Yeah, the story was finished, at least. Uh, Right. The the story that matters. Yes. 
But speaking of which, the other thing I'm up to is I am actually reading Fire and Blood now. Um, oh. I I thoroughly enjoyed season one of House of the Dragon. I mean, very thoroughly. Uh, it was most unfortunate for Amazon's Rings of Power that they were uh, <laughs> running alongside each other as the two biggest <laughs> fantasy series of my lifetime, which... Boy, that was some bad timing. Someone uh, should have called yeah. Bezos and said, hey, you might want to move that release date. Stagger them, maybe. Uh, literally okay. every week, there's new Rings of Power, the new House of Dragons. So you just get to see Rings of Power and then immediately compare it to House of the Dragon. <laughs> and it was humiliating. It, it was unfortunate for Bezos. It was fortunate for literally everyone yes, else. This is true. <laughs> it's like, do I watch Rings of Power or do I just go with the... Uh, Hot D show that everyone likes. Mm-hmm. I think we know what the answer is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. When in doubt, you go for the hot D. Yes. I watched both because I just love this high fantasy stuff. I'm crazy about it. So that was that was heaven for me for a few weeks, having a new Lord of the Rings show and a new Game of Thrones show every single week for the couple of months. So that was awesome. But obviously no comparison. So I, <laughs> Obviously no uh, comparison. And I can't be waiting two years for season two. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not waiting two years. Because then it's going to be so long. You have to go back. You have to watch all the season yeah. one over again. You, you might remember. finish another chapter by then. <laughs> be- because you've definitely forgotten what happened in the first season yeah, by then. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, the good news is that actually this is a completed work. I mean, Fire and Blood does stand by itself. Um, this motherfucker completed an entire prequel series before completing the main. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, and he spans <laughs> several eras with Fire and Blood too. Like, I mean, oh. they're they're only taking like one little section of Fire and Blood for this entire show. <laughs> so Jeez. there's so much content there. That, that makes me so mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's like 20 20 something chapters in Fire and Blood and the whole House of the Dragon from beginning to end and it's still only at the beginning on the show. Yeah. Will probably span about 6 to 7 chapters of Fire and Blood. Yeah. So it's not the majority of the book that there is contained within the show, but I'm really really enjoying the book. I think Fire and Blood is kind of written from the perspective of a maester giving a history. So it's not right. so much like a direct George R. R. Martin telling you a story. So you don't get the really bad part of his writing, which is when he gets bogged down in details nobody cares about at all. <laughs> from the architecture in the north to Dornish wine and cuisine in detail, page after page of just setting setting the table that right. no one cares about before you can actually tell any story. Uh, so like, things move a lot quicker, and that's very nice. And it's like we get it. You you need you feel the need to set the table. <laughs> I don't care how you yeah. give me the steak. Just yeah. just give me the fucking steak, yeah. goddammit. We just move the story a little and uh, <laughs> you're you're spending quite a bit of time from page to page in Fire and Blood. So it's a very, very good book that uh, I'm enjoying very much. Nice. Anything else you've been reading, writing, playing with? No, I think that's about it. Yeah. Fire and Blood, Attack on Titan, Galaxy Con. You did uh, talk to me a little bit off camera about uh, the the new Adams Family show. Oh, Wednesday. Yeah. How, yes. How are you liking that? I loved Wednesday. Uh, that is oh. that is a show that uh, yeah I, I had high expectations for and actually a lot of concerns about. Um, I wasn't super impressed by some of the trailers I saw, and uh, I'm a person that. Every single October, I rewatch Adam's Family Values. That's how much I loved Christina Ricci's Wednesday Adams. <laughs> and that's got to be one of the only times ever that the second movie was profoundly better than the first. Wow. <laughs> in anything. But yeah. I thought Adam's Family Values blew the first one out of the water. Wow. And so every year, I just go straight to Adam's it's Family Values. It's been so long since I've watched those, it, right. those Adam's Family movies. And yeah, I, 
I don't even hardly remember them, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, yeah. Christina Ricci's Wednesday Addams is so good, especially in that second movie that I watch it every single year when it's spooky season. So I was already a big fan of this character, and especially Christina Ricci's portrayal of this character. <clears throat> um, so I had high expectations and a high level of concern. But at the same time, you know, I do give a certain amount of trust to Tim Burton for a lot of the works that he's done. Most of what yeah. he does yeah. is very, very good. Um, and, yeah, this this exceeded all of my generous expectations i don't know about wildest but it, it exceeded all of the most charitable expectations i would have um i thought it hit all the right notes as far as being you know very true to the adams family while bringing some new twists in with you know they're a little more transparent in the supernatural i think a lot of the previous adams family they always kind of knocked on the door but didn't necessarily break the door down and now this one really did um it is still sort of like a, a typical high school drama type show you know it kind of has cobra kai vibes in that way just the dynamics between these teenagers <clears throat> uh, but it's very funny the cinematography is great the direction's great uh the story slightly predictable the big twist slightly predictable but if you've seen tim burton movies <laughs> tim burton I, I, works. Mean, yeah, I mean this, this is pretty standard fare <laughs> if, if it comes from tim burton you can kind of see where it's going yes there's there's a common thread <laughs> through most of his works you know yeah. if you've seen corpse bride i'm sure you have an understanding but uh, i love the show i highly recommend everyone at least give it a chance because if you watch the first two episodes and you're not impressed then move on but uh, those that really like the show like it a lot, and apparently it's smashing all kinds of records for Netflix. So that's great, really taking off. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, my stuff is more or less the same, although there's some stuff I forgot to talk about last time we recorded. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm finally at the end of Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, I'm. I mean, we're doing the thing where all the characters you've helped throughout the entire game are showing up to help you now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the last mission. <laughs> <laughs> I've done all the fetch quests, all the side stuff, like because I'm neurotic about it. And uh, I was trying to complete it while I had my leave time, my parental leave time, when I was babysitting Grant on the graveyard shift, mm -hmm. and I just got so close. And then, of course, I had to go back to work, so now I just have no time. Like, right, just trying to get sleep. But I have one mission left. I love this game. Horizon, it, it did not get enough love. That game is so great. I know the sequel came out this past year. It was featured on the Video Game Awards. It got nominated for a lot of things. Didn't win anything. Um, but the game is so good. The first game is so good. So unique. I'm really looking forward to hopping into the second one after uh, I complete this final mission and then play the Frozen Wilds part. The world's awesome. Like, just the way it creates these societies, the way it creates a, a sci-fi narrative about the future of our Earth <clears throat> in the storytelling, with the environmental storytelling and the, the things you find. And it's one of those games where the more you invest in it and reading the data logs and listening to the audio recordings of the people long gone and... Uh, just the more effort you put into it, you get so much more out of it narratively and in terms of the world building and character building. I mean, there's these really complex, cool matriarchal societies that you start off in where, you know, the basically the people with the most power are the oldest women with direct descendants. And if you lose, you know, like a grandson or a granddaughter, uh, it really means a lot because you just lost that power in the society. So people without any descendants, no matter how old they are, 
stop being influential in the society. So just like small details in the world building that are really cool. And then you, you run into these other societies that I don't want to spoil for anybody who hasn't played the games. Cause I want everybody to go into these games as fresh as possible. I get it. They're old games. <clears throat> the first one is an old game in particular, but yeah, go out and play horizon zero dawn. It's super cheap on PC right now. So if you don't have a PlayStation four or PlayStation five, go get it on PC it's really affordable. I'm sure it'll run just fine on any kind of modern PC if you got even a halfway decent graphics card. <clears throat> and then uh, if you have a PS5 or if you have the, the PS uh, Premium Plus subscription, yeah, uh, it might also be included in that middle tier. I always forget what it's called. Uh, I know the Forbidden West was at least included as a trial. If yeah, people so, are trying to hop on to the, I, to I the sequel. I had I had the original game in plastic, ready to go, mm. still sitting in plastic, unopened, <laughs> on my shelf by my PS5 because I I was able to download it for free with my PlayStation Plus subscription and play it for free. So right, uh, I still have a fresh in the plastic copy <laughs> of Horizon Zero unopened. Dawn, completely unopened, untouched for years. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody's looking for a copy, let me know. I'll sell it to you. But um, yeah, the game is great. Needs more love. They they seem the the PlayStation marketing is terrible because they just keep releasing games in the worst possible point, except for Last of Us, Naughty Dog stuff, and God of War. Those are the two games they get all the special treatment. Everybody else gets screwed over. Well, those games <clears throat> are the ones that have garnered them the most money. Horizon would <laughs> if they released <laughs> like, it during if a they holiday. Actually, like spent the time to market it right. Then yeah, yeah it probably should. Yeah. I have no doubt that it would. It, it has all the right things going for it. it has an extremely diverse cast. The lead is a, a female. Like, I mean, even from you know modern perspectives and objectives of inclusivity and like uh, forging a path forward and good storytelling, good writing, good acting. Uh, good digital work and artistry like it hits on every single one you know there's some very minor you know menu cleanup stuff that they could do some very minor you know bugs that could work out with like pop in but it's because there's so much crazy shit going on with these giant robot dinosaurs <laughs> and like just these giant machines attacking you and a bunch of you know cultists it, yeah you know, a bunch of death cultists trying to attack you and it's it's just awesome. Like it's it's a game I really highly recommend. We'll see if the sequel's as good as the the original, but the original is fantastic, fantastic. Really love it. Some there's really some like big wow moments in that game where you just cross into a new section of the map and you're just like, whoa, what just happened? No. Like, <clears throat> and then the the things you encounter, like creatures, people, stories, like it's it's all it's all great. I really love it. Incredible. <clears throat> One of the things I forgot to talk about is I marathoned the uh, third season of Umbrella Academy. And, uh, <laughs> oh, did you? Man, oh, man. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I love Umbrella Academy. I I think season three was probably the weakest of the three yeah. for me. But I, I and it's more just because the ending... Like, the ending was like, uh, let's uh, mish all this stuff together and uh, convenient. Yeah. Okay. But the, 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 the season was really enjoyable. Really love the show. Really love the actors and actresses that played on the show. I really love the the writing on the show. Um, uh, I have said in the past, I do not like the Umbrella Academy comic book. I think it's really <laughs> like rough around the edges, not very good. 
It's famously written by the lead singer of My Chemical Romance, Gerard Way, and uh, he takes long stints in between comic book runs because he obviously wants to make music and do all his other projects and produce. And credit to him, he's a busy man. He does a lot. But the comic series is not very good. And now we're at a point where we're well past what he's already written. And he's been promising the follow-up for a long time, much like George R.R. Martin. Oh. And it just never seems to come. (laughs) And now they got to make a fourth season, which is supposedly going to be the final season. And they have no material to base it off of. So I'm (laughs) a little worried. It's going to be like an all-original thing because, like... Uh, as a bit of a spoiler for a show which uh, premiered at like I think it was the beginning of 2022 the beginning or like at least like the first quarter of 2022 yeah I think it came out in like March or something yeah um, it was around the same time as the boys new yeah. season uh, by the end they lose their powers every last one of them spoilers jeez <laughs> <Jeez, Emory. laughs> I mean, this is a show about powered people. Of course they're going to have, like, the season or episode that they lose their fucking powers. It happens to all of them. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I really enjoyed it. I I really don't have any big critiques. Like, again, I'd be, I'd be nitpicking if I wanted to draw out, like, major complaints. You know? Yeah. But it, it took something, the comic, that was pretty mid. Let's be honest. It, it, it was very it, mid. It was mid. And they made it into something completely different and way more enjoyable, way more heartwarming, uh, a lot better storytelling and characterization and character development from season one to season three. Really love the show. Uh, Really makes me wish um, that uh, we had some some better content to... Mm-hmm. support it for the fourth season but uh like i said gerard wade is taking his sweet time but is the he, music's great is he is he still making my chemical romance music he just released an album this year i believe oh, on spotify shit. it's weird <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I like their music but yeah it's weird the the last i don't like the production on it like the vocals sound really weird oh uh, yeah uh, yeah like they recorded it and it made it sound like he's far away in the distance or something i don't know it doesn't sound right it wasn't mixed very well was he standing like a foot away from the mic i have no idea (laughs) i I really don't yeah it's mixed weird it's it's definitely the saint anger of my chemical romance oh yeah you'll you'll get you might get some enjoyment out of it but the production is so bad and so distracting when Uh, the mix makes you sound socially distant (laughs) (laughs) um and then the last thing i wanted to touch on uh, I did finally get the chance to play some Warzone 2.0. Oh. Uh, the big Call of Duty, you know, online multiplayer. That's uh, that's still a thing that people play. Huh? Phenomenon, yeah. It's a lot worse <laughs> than the first one. <laughs> it's uh, Ooh. An, I'm, I'm exaggerating because it was really bad upon launch. Mm-hmm. Um, has it improved over time? It has improved a lot. It has improved a lot, but it's still not right. They took a lot of the um, other uh, kind of online multiplayer tropes, you know, Battle Royale tropes, and injected them. It's very PC-friendly now, uh, and, and I mean that, like, personal computer. It's <laughs> <PC>. like... <laughs> <laughs> 
the fact that we have to clarify that <laughs> yeah. in this day and age. I realized after I said it, it I should probably it's, clarify. It's very personal computer. Yeah. It's like political correctness. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, you, you're not. You're never gonna get that in this game. Yeah, it's, especially if you're only playing online. Jesus Christ, it's rough around the edges. And like even the the games it's based off of Modern Warfare, the reboot one was okay, but not quite as significant as the original Modern Warfare was. And then yeah. this, this newest one, same thing. It's just like, eh, eh. Nobody eh. cares. Like the. The Modern Warfare series is so good and so uh, well-renowned at this point because it had such an impactful, important story that's very relevant today with the the war in Ukraine. And there's a lot of parallels to Ooh. what was going on in the Modern Warfare series that you, you might identify if you've played those games. Ooh. Unintentionally predicting the future. Yeah, and it, it just feels like this series is very intentionally avoiding... <laughs> Oh. Anything that might be controversial until it's it crosses the line, and then it's like, fuck it, let's do it all. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, there's a weird balance with all this stuff. But uh, Warzone, it, the menu system is really tedious. Like, it's literally like you have to manage your inventory for your ammo, for your, your extra ballistic plates, for any kind of items. They have a DMZ mode, which is basically a ripoff of, uh, uh, what is it, PlayerUnknown's... Uh, PUBG? Yes, PUBG. Yeah, like and player unknown battleground. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just a straight rip off of PUBG with a, a new system. I will give them credit; they did make a new engine for the shooting mechanics. It looks really great; like it's really refined. It looks like a modern game, which the Call of Duty games hadn't for about ten years because they were using the same engine that everybody likes and just recycling it, kind of like Madden. <laughs> like Ooh. they just never bothered to update and just kept releasing it every year. If it ain't broke, it, it it could still do with an update, guys. Yeah, and they've added a bunch of AI bots in the game now that you have to deal with, and they're always the AI's always messed up. Oh, and that's they, not fun. And then you run into them, and you're trying to you're like get away. This is fucking annoying. Like I'm trying, I'm trying to deal with the players. There is one thing that makes this game profoundly amazing to experience and to watch. It's proximity chat. Proximity. Ch oh, <laughs> so if you get within a certain distance of an enemy team or an enemy player, you can you, hear them. You can hear them, and you can talk to them. <laughs> so oh, you can no. you can literally be like looting a house, and then you start hearing somebody breathing in your ear that is not on your team, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, "Oh fuck, somebody's nearby." And my issue with it is that the distance is way too generous, <laughs> so the person could be really far away. And, like, looking for you. And they're taunting you the whole time. They're like, come out of hiding. I know you're there. I know you're here. And you can hear them busting through doors and breaking windows trying to find you. Uh, it's... Proximity chat for <laughs> Call of Duty is now my favorite part of YouTube. Yeah, and they, they pioneered the death comms where you would kill somebody and you could hear what they were saying when you killed them. Oh, and usually no. it's hilarious. It's them screaming and throwing controllers <laughs> calling you an asshole. Oh, it's the most toxic shit you can imagine. Proximity and all chat. of them are at least like only thirteen or younger for some fucking reason. Yeah, proximity chat takes it to a whole new level of just toxicity. <laughs> and, uh, you can go on YouTube and watch uh, several compilations of just ridiculous things that happen where people are chatting. People are <laughs> some people are like 
turning the game into a taxi service and so they'll oh. drive around the map in a boat or a car <laughs> and then they'll like they'll hear somebody and they'll start asking if they want to ride <laughs> people just jump on the car and they'll drive them around <laughs> i i think yeah. one of my favorite videos so far is uh there was this uh, youtube short of this guy who was terrible at the game except for when it came to driving <laughs> and then you proceed to watch this person only do kills with a car. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the another thing that kind of sucks now is the driving mechanics kind of suck. They made it a little too... They're, they're, it's not realistic, but they tried to make it realistic. Whereas oh. before, it was just like cartoony and fun. Like, yeah. Kind of like Halo's driving is. Just like ridiculous spinning and you know, oh, yeah. stuff that obviously wouldn't happen it, in a giant truck. or a, Stuff you know. that couldn't possibly happen. Yeah. So there's there's room for improvement it has gotten better it's a lot more stable but the menus are the worst the ui and the menus are terrible like the mm. loading menu just figuring out how to get into a game oh it took me like two hours like navigating the menus and trying to figure out how to like, launch the actual game i wanted to launch because of course there's different types there's dmz and there's the you know the the battle royale system and there's always like smaller game modes that you can take advantage of and then they put like the modern warfare stuff in the menu without telling you and you have to have the modern warfare game downloaded to play those things and so you click them <laughs> thinking they're one thing and then it's like oh buy call of duty modern warfare 2 for 60 bucks and you're like uh i'm good thanks yeah no then you gotta back out and then restart this whole big burdensome menu and then the dmz mode like you gotta manage all this like junk that you accumulate because it's literally just junk and trash that you're picking up to earn cash oh it's just it's so tedious i don't i just i i'm sure it'll get better and it maybe one day the social aspect of the game is the best part <laughs> but I, i'm almost certain that the social aspect of the game is one the thing that keeps people coming back to these games and two it's the thing that secures this game the most money thus de-incentivizing them to do any sort of like innovation well that's the thing like th this is the biggest problem with the menu invoice is that they used to have like everything built into the menu where they'd show you like all your costumes and like loadouts you could buy and just all of the stuff that you would spend money on if you were an invested player playing this free battle royale game yeah now the menu is so tedious and confusing you can't find any of that stuff like i the first few times i played it i was like do they even have like stuff to buy like costumes <laughs> and stuff or stuff to earn like it's like this is super confusing it's like where do you even put your points or whatnot yeah and it's clearly built for a mouse and keyboard like whoever whoever built the game did not build it for a controller which is ridiculous because the main player base is on console right so i don't know what they were doing and it's it's currently owned by well about to be owned assuming this merger gets completed and doesn't get uh, stopped by the government by microsoft by xbox so oh why wouldn't you make it convenient for an xbox controller to play the game I just, that's what i don't oh. understand oh yeah the sony is about to get real salty about that one yeah and then to uh wrap this section up i finally took advantage of some black friday sales oh again please support your local comic book shops and uh, picked up some of our covers of the week from the past, which I will soon be decorating our wall with. Of course, right now we've got our uh, uh, Bomber Girl 
uh, DC variants. Yeah, yeah this uh, one of which is yeah. falling apart. I need to get a new. <laughs> I need to get a new. Uh, yeah, until frame for that. Until we get those up, uh, up to this episode, or at least however many episodes it takes to change those out, that'll be the bombshell era. Yeah, and uh, I found some other cool stuff. It, it was basically a DC fi- sale, so I was trying to focus on DC. But I found uh, the question number one, which is really great cover there, really cool looking. Um, got uh, some Sandman covers that we ordered cover cover of the week when they had their Sandman Universe reboots. Ooh. So there's several of those. I found a, a Wonder Woman uh, number one from one of the reboots in a variant form. Really cool cover. Really Very cool Wonder nice. Woman cover. Um I got the the whole Frank Miller, Jim Lee, oh, Batman and Robin God. run, where he uh, punches Green Lantern in the throat after covering him in yellow paint, which is amazing, and he abuses a young boy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Joker has a big back tattoo. Uh, yeah. The, why does the Joker have a fucking Yakuza tattoo on him? <laughs> I have so many questions. But it's it's... The art is so good. <laughs> I, I couldn't say no to the uh, art, okay. and I had to buy it. I just, it's Jim Lee. Jim I love Lee's Jim Lee. always going to draw... Okay, okay, he's mostly going to draw that good. Yeah, this is peak Jim Lee before he got busy drawing every comic for DC. <sighs> uh, I got some number ones from uh, the New 52 launches, some some that I was missing. I really love the New 52. Oh, T-shirt Superman. Uh, yeah, I know that's unpopular <laughs> opinion, but I really, I really do love the New 52. <laughs> Uh, I found some uh, Sandman Overture comic covers, which are great. Oh, um, yeah. These we did not have as Comics of the Weeks, but damn, this looks good. This is when it was still Vertigo. Yeah. Uh, really, really great art. Uh, I got uh, Animal Man number one. Animal Man. Yes, this is the OG. It OG looked... Animal Man. And uh, anybody who read the New 52 books know that they really made Animal Man awesome. Yeah, they did. Uh, this is This one's personally great. For me, deep in my heart, it makes me very happy because Wildcats recently got a reboot within the DC Universe. Well, guess what I found? I found Image Comics Wildcats oh boy. number one featuring, of course, your boy Grifter. <laughs> your boy yeah. Grifter. So awesome comic cover, of course, done by Jim Lee himself, which we just got done complimenting for his modern work. Why yeah. not go back to the past when he uh, found an image? <laughs> right. Uh, here's some covers of the week, of course. We got a Green Arrow. That was the cover of the week. Some more uh, Frank Miller, Jim Lee, Batman and Robins. Some more covers of the week. I think those are really the big ones. I found a Secret Six. Uh, I found a Batgirl variant I really oh, like. Secret Six. Um, yeah, some really great comic uh, yeah, you really did get the whole and... like Jim Lee, yep. Frank Miller, Batman and a Robin All Star. Yeah, so uh, had some great purchases. I highly recommend people take advantage of their uh, comic book sales near them for the holidays. Oh, There's usually that something one on around top the holidays. Makes me sad. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't get his cat. <laughs> I, got the, I got the. He's looking at the uh, Batman wedding issue with uh, Catwoman, which. <laughs> Didn't actually happen. <laughs> Poor that, man. That only makes me slightly not as sad as the cover that had Batman and Catwoman on the beach 
but still wearing their masks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like their masks and swimwear. This is a man who fought Ra's al Ghul bare-chested with his cowl still on <laughs> in the what? middle of the desert. I am vengeance. Against a man that already knows he's Batman. I am the knight. <laughs> Bruce, could you please take that off? It's, it's demeaning. I know who you are under there. This is my real face. He wears the outfit during sex. We know this. <laughs> we know this factually, thanks to the New Fifty Two. At the end of the New Fifty Two, L- when he he fucks Catwoman with the full outfit on, look through his pants. When I that's canon. <laughs> that is canon. <laughs> when I said the movie The Batman makes his head look like he's wearing a leather daddy gimp mask. <laughs> I did not want for them to lean into that. It just makes it all weird. <laughs> Why? I, just, that that you, movie still makes me mad. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we spent enough time on what we've done this week. Again. Uh, and what makes us mad. We, again. we surpassed uh, last episode's hour and 15 <laughs> minutes. We're now hour and 20 minutes. So <sighs> let's move on. We got a lot of news. It's mostly video game news. So once we get through the award show announcements, we'll really have uh, a, a quick finish at the end, much like Batman and Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. We just got through the 2022 Game Awards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... There's a lot here. They gave out, not only did they give out more awards than I remember them ever having. I, I think they, they, they created new awards to give out. Yeah, there was also way more trailers than I ever remember seeing at a video games award show. And I kind of wonder if it's because of A, COVID, and B, all the canceled events that they used to have, like the PlayStation conference they did every year. Uh, they A lot of companies pulled out of E3, so they're not at E3 anymore. Right. Also, I think they tricked a major Hollywood actor into showing up for this. I think he he might have been told that this was like Oscars Part 2 Electric Boogaloo. (laughs) (laughs) And then realized, oh, oh no, I I, guess I'm going to make the most of it. (laughs) Well, it's worth noting that some of these trailers we'll, we'll talk about soon, they feature really big names. They're starting to feature more big names, which both has me excited and worried. I'm definitely worried. <laughs> so, but it looks cool. We'll we'll see. Oh, there, there we'll is see. another game that I played, but uh, we'll we'll talk about that later. Okay. So, 2022 Game Awards, of course. Uh, we got a list of winners. We'll just run through them real quick. Elden Ring, I think, was obviously the big winner. And God of War Ragnarok was the follow-up. Yes, as, it was. As far as who won the most awards and got the most prestige on stage. Um, first up, the big one. The game of the year was Elden Ring. The game direction award of the year, Elden Ring. Narrative, meaning storytelling in this case. Mm-hmm. God of War Ragnarok. Art direction, Elden Ring. Music, God of War Ragnarok. Audio design, God of War Ragnarok. Performance, Christopher Judge in God of War Ragnarok. Uh, let, let's talk about the performance one just boy. for a second. Boy. <laughs> death can have me when death earns me. Um, have you have you played God of War Ragnarok yet? I'm still working on finishing it's it. It's very new. so it, It's yeah. very new. There was another game that I was completing called the Callisto Protocol. 
All right. Uh, the game that got banned in Japan. The, the game that got <laughs> banned in Japan. And I'm starting to think they banned it because of quality. Wow. Oh, <laughs> my God. Harsh. Oh, my God. Harsh. <laughs> the, the, wow. The, the, it's a bad game. Wow. It, it's a bad game. That's just sad. That has probably the most Hollywood actors featuring in it. It's like one of the the soldiers from uh, the Transformers movies. The one who isn't Tyrese. <laughs> <laughs> He's the main character. Wow. Like He is the guy. And he spends the entire game... Uh, going in one direction and punching everything in sight until he gets to the end. All right. So standard video game. Standard video game. Uh, it wasn't... And here's the thing that chaps everyone's ass. It wasn't the spiritual successor to Dead Space that everyone was hoping for. Well, that was what it was supposed to be, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> But that's not what it is. Oh, no. Not by any stretch of the imagination. Well, that's just sad. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's not good. Oh, It's like... has a lot of prestige behind it, too. So. It, 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 yes. It's a major flop, if it that's does. the case. It's like, that's one of the things that's been very interesting, is watching the reviews after it and then playing it. It's like, they're absolutely right. Is this uh, Mighty Number no. 9 levels of disappointment from the Mega Man prestige? This is worse. Really? Wow. It, it's worse because the expectations were higher. Wow. It's like, at least with Mighty Number no. 9, that was a fucking Kickstarter by by the person who was responsible for the birth of Mega Man. Like, this guy basically swindled everyone out of their money with this game that was, like, very, like, mid to subpar. The Callisto Protocol... Managed to convince everyone this was, like, the return of Dead Space, but with, like, Hollywood actors and maybe better story. No. That sucks. No. That's a bummer. <laughs> All of their money, um, I'm almost certain, went toward mapping everyone's faces. Man, that sucks. And the I rest was really was, looking forward to playing that. Like The rest was <laughs> a uh, glorified corridor of uh, space zombies to punch. Man. That's a bummer. That that bums me out. I'll probably play it once it's free, but yeah, that's, yeah, well, I'm not gonna seek it out. Do not pay for this game. <laughs> <laughs> Wait until it's free with one of your many uh, various and sundry like memberships that you have, either online or with a console. All right, moving on through the awards, uh, the Games of Impact Award, which awards basically like a profound social message. Is as dusk falls, which uh, I have not heard of, so neither I'll, have I. I'll have to look it up. Uh, best ongoing game, which is basically a, a catalog exclusively for MMOs, uh, online MMOs. Uh, ongoing game is Final Fantasy XIV, which has been great this year. I know a lot of uh, my friends who play Final Fantasy XIV and have been trying to recruit me into it. I, I do not have time for an MMO, guys. I'm sorry. That's uh, that, that's a whole other bill that you'd have to pay every month. Uh... But they really speak highly of it, and they really enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, best Indie Game Award goes to Stray, the cat game. <laughs> where you're, you're just a cat. <laughs> the game that was like immediately... like basically free if you had like a playstation premium account yep uh the best mobile game goes to marvel snap which is apparently making 
boatloads of money and came out fairly recently. Mm. Uh, Best Community Support Award goes to Final Fantasy XIV. And that's basically just, you know, offering free things, helping your fans out, giving them good content to play. They're they're making a lot of money and they are treating their players in return, which, you know, good on them. It's so outrageous how successful that has become. Are you familiar with the story of Final Fantasy XIV, its production? So the original release was a sequel to the one of the first big MMOs on console, which was Final Fantasy XI, which on PS2, right? Uh, it was on PS2 and PC. Yeah, and you had to have like the special hookup to play it on your PS2 and all the stuff that was like, yeah, it, first first wave of the stuff. You know, there was still like World of Warcraft and stuff like that, but this is the first wave and like. A big way in a console space. There was other stuff like Fantasy Star prior to that, but this was the yeah. first like significant one that was, was really like, successful. This one was like kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. And at yeah. that time, Final Fantasy was e- an even bigger franchise than it is now because Final Fantasy X had just come out. Right. Um, they were still, you know, just bathing in cash from the, <laughs> the original PlayStation days where Final Fantasy VII, VIII, and Nine were super popular. Yeah. And they followed it up with Final Fantasy XIV, and it was an abysmal, broken failure. (laughs) And it was so bad that the CEOs of Square Enix, I don't know if they were still Squaresoft at that time. I think they were Square Enix at that point. Yeah, I think they they were Square Enix. The CEOs and all the executive staff came out on stage in a public inquiry and bowed to the whole group of press in the room for like 10 minutes straight. In apology because they had fucked it up so badly <laughs> and this was like an expensive game and you had to have like a decent console or pc and internet to like actually play it and th- there was like a monthly subscription to it too so like this was an expensive game you're paying full price up front then you're paying a monthly subscription to continue playing it mm-hmm. just like any other mmo and then you also have to have this expensive hardware to play it because it's high-end game well they did this whole apology tour basically killed the game went back into production for another two years and then re-released it as final fantasy 14 a realm reborn and it was fantastic they completely reversed course completely fixed the game you know the original failure had lost millions upon millions of dollars for the company and they obviously took a big hit to their character as far as the company they had only you know a few years prior done the merger with square enix uh Whereas before they were Square Soft, which had a different quality interpretation to it. Yeah. And uh, they really turned the whole ship around and really had a great product that has lived now for, I don't even know how long it is. How long? When did it come out? In 20... Realm Reborn just alone, I think it was like 2015, maybe? 2016? Uh, yeah. Uh, a, a Realm Reborn... Like, I, I remember the original uh final fantasy 14 came out maybe a year or so after final fantasy 13 yeah and final fantasy 13 i think came out what the 2010 yeah could be 2009 2010 so yeah probably even earlier so yeah yeah it's been around a long time much like world of warcraft but it has been incredibly successful after initially being a colossal failure. And because the company cared enough and because in Japanese culture they care enough about their image that they went back, made the effort, spent the money, invested the time to fix the game. And 
it's a fantastic success story. They're still making money hand over fist because it's still so good. They're still releasing big DLC content for it and updates and free stuff. And like, it, I got to give them a lot of credit. Like, they really turned that ship around. And the <laughs> Square Enix has not been known as a company that turns around that ship very quickly. Uh, I, I... Not only were they not known for that, there's. There's maybe evidence that they're going back to not being known for that. Yeah, well, their <laughs> development cycles leave a lot to be desired That's with their true. current games, unfortunately. Although, the crossing my fingers for Final Fantasy 16. Yeah, we'll be talking about that soon. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned. Uh, the ARVR game of the year goes to Moss Book 2, which I have no idea what this was. I saw the candidates, and that was the only game I'd never heard of, so... Wow. Must be pretty good, but I have never heard of this fucking thing. Yeah. So we'll have to look it up. Uh, innovation and, access- and ac- accessibility. Man, <laughs> tongue-tied there. Yeah. God of War, Ragnarok, of course. They they showed off a lot of their stuff. Um, a lot of the PlayStation Studios really have been doing a lot of accessibility things. You know, things for colorblindness, things for special controllers, you know, one-handed controllers. Yeah. Controllers for people without arms. Like, just yeah, a lot I- of cool stuff. I'm pretty sure that The Last of Us Part Two, with their innovating in that field, has mm-hmm. probably gotten a lot of companies to take a closer look at that. Yeah, and I think, uh, I don't remember what year that came out, but I, the year it came out, I think they also won that award. Yeah. And, and they deserved it. Uh, action Game of the Year went to Bayonetta 3. Action Adventure game went to God of War Ragnarok. I don't know what the difference between action and action adventure is. <laughs> Sounds like the same thing, but okay. Uh, let's turn our, our books to page uh, or chapter three in hairs and how to split them. I think they just had to figure out how to give Nintendo something. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo, you get this one. You did something. Here you go. Um, RPG, of course, went to Elden Ring, the big winner again. Uh, best fighting game went to Multiverses. Yep. Um, which was predictable, but I, I don't think there was very many good fighting games this year in particular. Yeah, I think we're all waiting for 2023 for that one. Yeah, there's going to be some heady, heavy hitters coming up soon. Oh, yeah. Uh, best family game went to Kirby and the Forgotten Land. There you go, Nintendo. And Nintendo, you get two. <laughs> uh, sports or racing game went to Gran Turismo 7 to the surprise of no one. Yeah. Uh, it's always a critical darling. Uh, best sim slash strategy game Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope, um, which I didn't even realize that was a sim strategy game. That's, a, that's another one for Nintendo. What is happening right now? Multiplayer went to Splatoon three. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> Why? Uh, there is a bunch of like esports and streamer awards that I'm not going to talk about. Don't yeah. care. Uh, most anticipated award went to Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. There you go. So top of they the show. They give an award for that? <laughs> <laughs> like, congratulations. You made a good trailer, I guess. Well, it's, it's funny because, like, a few weeks ago, we, I talked to you about me playing uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild for the first time on my wife's Switch because we were kind of just trapped in the bedroom by the crib yeah. in the first week or two with the baby. And so it was just some way to do something other right. than be a slave to this small little organism mm-hmm. that cries and pukes and poops <laughs> every 10 minutes and tries to kill itself. 
Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) Keeping a baby alive is ridiculous. (laughs) It's amazing that humans still exist. (laughs) Um, Uh, Yeah, that's a chicken or the egg question. (laughs) Like, how the fuck did humans survive? Yeah. Uh, I can see why there was a lot of bottlenecks. (laughs) Children are tough. But um, I I, I don't understand why that, that game is so beloved. It is rough. It doesn't look particularly great, even for the time it came out. It doesn't play particularly great. There's no story at all. You know, it's the yeah. most generic of generic stories that you can possibly tell. There's not a lot of characters because there's just not. Like, the Switch clearly can't handle all that's going on. There's a lot of pop-in, a lot of I, I graphical mean, it's, issues. It's a dated machine that tried to have the the map of skyrim but without any of the story or the charm that skyrim had which is when you put the the lack of story or charm and then you also add in uh weapon durability as in the most powerful weapon in the game if you swing it enough times or if you swing it on the wrong thing you can still break it yeah and then have to spend a stupid amount of time to go back and get it fixed. And again, it's like that tedious aspect of some of these game systems. It is not a 10 out of 10. Like, I am a huge Zelda fan. I have played just about every mainline Zelda title since the original Nintendo. I love Legend of Zelda, but it's not its not what people were making it out to be. And then everybody tried to copy them because of how much public hype they got i'm sorry it's mid at best have higher standards people yeah (laughs) please (laughs) it's it's good i'm not saying it's a bad game it's a very good game it's just not great it's not (laughs) it's not this like tour de force that everybody was pretending it was for the nintendo switch yeah no uh next up uh the award for best adaptation did not go to cyberpunk 2077 edge runners like you may have wished, it went to Arcane League of Legends, which is also on Netflix. Now, Arcane League of Legends is good. I'll give it that. <laughs> but Cyberpunk Edge Runners wasn't way like a thousand percent more poignant and more relatable, and uh, I think it was a better probably well better told story than arcane arcane it's a good story but there are a lot of things that only happen because the characters are dumb hey it sounds like the batman (laughs) (laughs) don't you type this password in batman (laughs) oh yeah i'll type in the password (laughs) batman why did you just kill 40 people on the highway what? I don't know Spanish. <laughs> Alfred. You're not Al- my real dad. <laughs> not only are you not my real dad, but didn't you... Wouldn't you have recognized the script on the package that blew up <laughs> as the same script on the cipher that you yeah. deciphered for me? God damn it. And as you alluded to last episode... He just went in the front door. (laughs) He went to Penguin's Club multiple times, both in costume and out of costume, and just punched the guy at the front door and walked in and started beating the fuck out of people. (laughs) 
<laughs> how is that Batman in any way, shape, or form? It, and how could nobody prevent this? Not only how could nobody prevent this, when you've seen a face that looks like Robert Pattinson's. <laughs> it's, I, I, okay, maybe this is just me. Yeah. I would have immediately picked up that this this little emo asshole yeah. who decided to come through the front door Pretty obvious. is like, are you fucking kidding me? You're knocking on the door? Yeah, why is why is Batman Three knocking times? on the door in costume? God! <laughs> He's supposed to be this master of stealth, and he's just banging on the door, <laughs> punching like, the guy at the door in the throat. It's like a master of stealth and infiltration decides to sneak into a club through the front door and gets stopped by the bouncers. Every single time. <laughs> and the third time when he stopped, he just, like, he walks away and then does a Three Stooges and just waits for them to turn their head. Yeah. <laughs> just ridiculous. That, that, visually, very impressive. Yeah, artistically. As, as, artistically, aesthetically, there's a lot like there. Ev- like, every frame is a painting. Riddler's cool. But you're telling me the world's greatest detective decided <laughs> to go to a crime scene... And not think to ask someone what this thing is. We could have solved this fucking thing in yeah. five minutes. He, he God did, damn it. He didn't know what a carpet tool was. That's, <laughs> that's one of the major plot points of the third act. It's like, don't get me wrong. He didn't know an article of Spanish, so he killed 40 people on the highway and beat the <laughs> fuck out of a criminal club owner. Who is Colin Farrell in a ton of prosthetics to look like an actor that already exists. <laughs> Well, at least you've got more of that to look forward to. Hooray. <laughs> yeah, that is the one thing. More of that. Gunn has confirmed that he is not touching, unfortunately. <laughs> you know. You, you, you mean to tell me that at the end of this movie, the Batman, the guy who's known for being like a symbol of fear, decides at the end of this movie that he would rather be a symbol of hope. Superman. Oh, by the way. You, you mean to tell me at the end of this movie he decides that he would rather be Superman than Batman? Get the... F- well, in that I- scene where he's saving people from a flooded stadium with a flare, uh, <laughs> he caused all that because he refused to use any self-restraint and insisted on entering every password and pressing every button that Riddler gave him. If he had not entered the password, none of that would have happened. The explosions would not have been triggered. Even if the guy, if the cop had not told him what a carpet tool was, (laughs) he would not have found the password in the map of where the explosions were going to be. All of that could have been prevented if he was just (laughs) either self-restraint or was not surrounded by people that were infinitely smarter than him. Oh, you mean the Gotham PD mustache division? <laughs> just also oh also the cops were just blindly firing in a room filled with <laughs> civilians and cops oh there goes the batman while, while he escaped through the tower and then face planted into a bridge just <laughs> we're revisiting our entire <laughs> rant right. because I'm it sorry. makes us so mad this, opened up this, some wounds this here. is gonna be another five-hour episode <laughs> about the, how dumb the batman is <laughs> It just it just hurts. Okay. It just hurts. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Sorry, sorry. 
He um, took a bomb to the face. Okay, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Complete exposed chin. <laughs> Did nothing to him. Okay, okay. We're, 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 we we could have taken him to a hospital, but no. Let's take him to the local prison. <laughs> Lay him on a table and let him beat the fuck out of us. <laughs> okay, we're we're done. We're done. So dumb. God. Speaking of things that are really dumb. There was a weird interruption for the final award of the show, <laughs> which we alluded to at the intro of the show. There's this weird kid, just randomly, he snuck up on stage with the the people who made the game Elden Ring from, from Software's crew, and like hid behind them until the last second. And once they did all their acceptance speeches, he walked up to the mic and said, quote, Hey, my turn. You know, real quick, I want to thank everybody and say I want to nominate this award to my reformed Orthodox rabbi, Bill Clinton. Thank you, everybody. And then was immediately arrested. (laughs) (laughs) For the lulls. This This kid literally got arrested just to be a meme. God damn it. It's a perfect tribute to video game culture. It really really is. How fucking attention starved is this generation that we feel the need to have ourselves sneak up onto a stage and make the most nonsensical comment ever? Yeah. Yeah. And he had to have planned that, right? Like, that's what you make up? That had to be planned. Not only was that. I'm almost certain completely made up. But he was on stage with the people for from from software. Yeah. For that entire award acceptance speech. <laughs> like clearly visible to all of his friends. His friends must have been losing their minds watching <laughs> with him just hovering in the background. Con man tip number one. Act like you belong where you are. <laughs> and I, nobody questioned it until he walked nobody up to the Nobody questioned it. Um, until that kid opened up his mouth, everyone just thought, like, oh, he, he's just, he's with that group. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> it's like, I would like to, <laughs> I want to nominate this award to my reformed Orthodox <laughs> rabbi, Bill Clinton. <laughs> Unless there's another yeah. Bill Clinton out there who is, you know, uh, acting as a rabbi at whatever this kid's uh, Orthodox synagogue would be. Yeah. What? <laughs> it was so ridiculous. What? <laughs> so weird. Uh, so it, weird. It hurts my brain. And it certainly wasn't helping, like, the anti-Semitism that's currently going on right now. With oh, no. Kyrie Irving and Kanye oh, no. West and oh. all those. Yeah. And now we got this guy, like, pranking the front software staff. <laughs> He's very conservative Japanese men. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just going to say this right now. Whoever gave Kanye an honorary degree, please don't take that from him. We do not need this man to also be another art school dropout. (laughs) (laughs) Society at large. That's what that whole segment was. All right. Yes, yes, it was. Well, along with all of those awards, there was a buttload of announcements that I did not expect. Some surprising, some not. Some more elaboration on stuff we've already seen and some brand new reveal trailers this is what happens when we don't have e3 anymore 2023 is loaded 
a lot of games got delayed from this holiday season into 2023. So basically from like January all the way through the end of summer, there is a shit ton of video games to play, to look at, to stream. Like, it's going to be a wild year. Yeah, get your wallets ready, everyone, because this year's about to be packed. Or at least front-loaded. It's going to be really hard to stand out this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of this gets pushed to the next holiday season, 2023, or into 2024, just because they're going up against some juggernauts this year. Speaking of juggernauts, uh, we have uh, two that we're going to start out this uh, list with. Uh, The first one being Final Fantasy XVI. Which uh, apparently is going to be coming out June 22nd of 2023. Uh, PS5 exclusive, or probably a timed exclusive, yeah, it more seems likely. Like everything's a timed exclusive now. Yeah, which. Even know, Last of Us is getting a PC release now, which you never would have thought right. five years ago. Which, you know, it, hey, if they want to make more money, more power to them. I just appreciate them thinking of me first. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so what did you think of the trailer? Uh, the trailer looks uh, spectacular. It looks fantastic. Yeah. I am worried. Usually, really? Usually stories this focused don't involve a lot of um, the wide linearity that usually comes with a Final Fantasy title. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, I, I've played Final Fantasy thirteen before... I do not want to revisit that hallway again. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, we'll see if it's a linear game or if it's more open. I, I, It seems like they're taking a lot of cues from Final Fantasy XV. It seems like the art style is very much Final Fantasy XV, but without modern stuff. Like, you know, let's maybe learn some lessons from Final Fantasy XV. It seems like the combat system looks very much like Final Fantasy XV, with kind of the warping weapon style that 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 game was famous for. Yeah, they're, they're real big Nightcrawler fans, apparently. Apparently, <laughs> uh, th- that's not the Final Fantasy I particular ascribe to, but. They're giving me the Final Fantasy VII games that do give me the, the Final Fantasy I ascribe to. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm okay with it. This has all of the aesthetic that I would always go back to a game like Final Fantasy Tactics for. Like, if we're going, like, classic uh, medieval Europe-style, like, fantasy storytelling. Yeah, I will say, like, the the trailer, the initial part of the trailer just looks so corny. <laughs> I'm like, why why do you got to make it all corny? <laughs> oh, I love you, big brother. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> do you not like family members actually, you Nobody's know, that f- wholesome. Oh, oh c- come on, man. They're forcing it. Oh, g- <laughs> Look, I'm glad he got murdered in the first 10 seconds of that trailer. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Just let family members actually care about each other for once. Love isn't real. <laughs> <laughs> Said the married man looking after a child. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it looks like the the gameplay looks just as fun as Final Fantasy fifteen. I hope that there's more core carrier or characters because it, it, they're starting to make it look like it's just going to be a solo character game with where, maybe like one or two that show up yeah, occasionally. Yeah, because the big thing with Final Fantasy is that you have a a big group of characters 
that you travel with, that you bond with, that you get a lot of character development with. That's what makes the game so investive and fun. If it's just some solo act running around killing everything and everybody, like I'm not really invested in that. I, I mean, I've already played Devil May Cry before, and <laughs> a lot of this combat definitely reminded me of some of that. Yeah, although I can see I, it. I will say that there were scenes or snippets in this trailer that uh, I'm pretty sure did involve other party members showing up or at least being able to do other things in combat. I hope that's true. Yeah. yeah. I I didn't quite catch that on the first viewing of that trailer, but I hope that's true. One thing that is interesting, and it seems like this go-around, they're using uh, summons as kind of a transformation type of thing. So the main character apparently is bonded in some way shape or form to ifrit and he's going to become this big devil fire monster we've gone from in 15 being able to randomly summon basically a nuke to becoming the nuke (laughs) yeah (laughs) which i guess is a cool way to handle it I, i still don't think they've gotten summons quite right i do like the idea of fighting summons which has been consistent since Final Fantasy X has also appeared in other ones earlier, but uh, yeah, uh, it's only in recent history where we're fighting them every single game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I find it interesting that uh, it seems like the summons are going to be like controllable to the point where I'm wondering how it's going to look with because like one of the images that they show is Odin. The big man on a real fucking big horse, yeah, uh, stepping onto the land and just swatting uh, normal humans like they're fucking ants, mm-hmm. because they are. Because they are. Love well, isn't real, bitch. God damn it! <laughs> Death, death to all. Uh, My kind of game. Yeah, uh, of course. Th- this is perfect for you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you are the buzzing of flies to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, why are you worried? What are your large concerns here? Uh, my large concerns are that this game, uh, like this game series, is trying to dip more into having more active game mechanics, but a lot of it uh, seems to be. How do I put this? Uh, spectacle over substance. Yeah. It's like looking pretty over, you know, actually focusing on having like battles where you literally have to have good strategy in order to win. That's kind of how I felt about Final Fantasy 15. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Very much style over substance in that game. Yeah. 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 Oh. Doesn't help that they didn't finish it after... (laughs) 13 years of development but you know that that's one of the few ps4 games that probably would have needed like two or three discs because they needed so much fucking room they didn't need that many recipes okay (laughs) half of that game is coleman advertisements for camping furniture (laughs) and high rendering visualization of camp recipes that their chef character i guess sidekick butler character in the game just makes for them every time you camp to heal now let's not forget the full-on uh cup noodle side quest yeah Yeah. in which you can actually earn 
a cup noodles hat because we need to advertise cup noodles. This is where we're making our money. We have to make money yeah. in advertisements. The opportunity to be a walking advertisement. Yeah, that's yeah. a reward. Much. And the, the game was not finished. <laughs> the story doesn't have a real ending. Like, okay, this... They jump fast forward to the far future for no apparent reason. To end the story, because they didn't have one in the first place. <laughs> and then they made DLC that was supposed to fill in the gaps. They canceled it. <laughs> so. uh, they made DLC to fill in the obligatory play as the other characters that we didn't let you play as side quests. And then we came up with a DLC that let you play as the villain for some fucking reason. And then we decided to... Not only cancel it, but say that there is a book that we're going to release that tells you what the ending of the game either was or should have been or could have been. We're, we we left the ending in a fucking book. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> in order to understand what is going on in the beginning of the game, you have to watch an anime series and a prequel movie. Oh, for goodness sakes. Uh, a, a Just prequel... to understand what's going on at the very beginning of the game. <laughs> a prequel movie for which one of the characters is voiced by Sean Bean, which tells you exactly what's going to happen to that character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Final Fantasy fifteen fun but left a lot to be desired in the uh finished production department it gave you homework at the beginning and the end god damn and it. made you feel like a total dumbass for <laughs> investing so much time and energy into something <laughs> only to get nothing for it and <sighs> the next trailer we saw was uh a front software uh long staple that people have been asking for for a while armored core six fires of rubicon will be coming in 2023 let's go yeah so if you like mech combat dystopian future mechs blowing everything up and fighting each other and all sorts of crazy stuff you'll like this game i it, imagine it, and for anyone who's a fan of armored core i'm assuming that this game is going to play much like those games but it has also been leaked that this game is going to have Quite a bit in common with the Soul series. Wow. Okay, so taking a new direction, I I suppose. Uh, taking advantage of the audience that they've built up. Great. So we'll see. I I don't know if making the six at the end is was necessary. I don't, I don't even remember when Armored Core Five came out. When? Oh, that was uh, PS3. Yeah. So it's been a long time. Why not just reboot? <laughs> just call it Armored Core. Well, Fires of Rubicon, start from scratch. Well, they've soft rebooted this series a couple of times already. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, why yeah. number it and make people think like they have to play the other five games to know what's going on? They're probably getting all of their souls uh, audience to say, "Oh, this is number six? I haven't heard of this series. Let me go and buy the other five. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> You'd be lucky uh, to be even able to find them." If anyone has earned the 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 right to say, hey, go and buy the previous five games in this series that you can probably only find on Steam at this point, yep. it would be from software. Yeah. They earned this. So we'll see. The trailer looked dope. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, next trailer we got was Hades 2, which is the sequel to the very successful Supergiant Games uh, production. It is going to have early access in 2023. 
Uh, it's noted in the trailer they say death to Kronos, so it seems like their new target is Kronos, the Titan. Um, this uh, Supergiant Games are very famous for games like Bastion and Transistor, which are Ooh, kind of like yeah. top-down, really yeah. fun RPG games. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't played Hades, um, the 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 original title but i have enjoyed their other games yeah. so i'm sure it'll be great and uh i imagine just because of the nature of the game it'll probably be available on mobile systems specifically like a switch or whatever the sequel to the switch is yeah it seems that the design is pretty much the same from the first one yep. they've probably just changed the the main character and changed the the end boss yeah but it looks like it's gonna be yet another roguelike yeah i trust them i bastion is one of my favorite games of all time like it's just it i didn't expect to like it as much as i did i got it for free i think on playstation plus at one point long after it had come out and already become a, a thing and past you know public discussion but i really loved it i even even years later i was like man this is a really awesome tight game really fun Cool storytelling. Great music. Music is fantastic. Yeah. Bastion is, I think, the one uh, from... Not from Soft. From Soft didn't make this one. Supergiant. Uh, Bastion, I think, is the one Supergiant game I haven't played. Really? Yeah. Uh, I, you're I've missing played, out. Transistor's good. Yeah. I, I've played everything from, like, from Transistor on. Gotcha. Yeah. It, you're missing out. You should definitely pick it up. It's an easy play. Doesn't... Hmm. I, I think maybe at most you're probably talking like 10 hours to beat it. Like... Oh. And that, at most. I don't, I don't even think it took that long. It's okay. Really good. Really fun game. Um... The next trailer we saw was the long-awaited Judas, which is uh, Ken Levine's long-awaited game. Obviously, Ken Levine being famous for uh, Bioshock, a very successful title and franchise. Uh, it seems like some kind of spaceship, space survival, future dystopian game. Shocker, coming from the Bioshock creator, that you're going to be trapped in some kind of remote inescapable place who would have guessed <laughs> it seems like there's some crazy characters some crazy machinery very much in the bioshock style uh ai android type things uh it seems like you're going to have some kind of powers much like the plasmids and stuff in bioshock uh it's, uh, it's bioshock uh all i'm asking is that we don't have someone who's a stand-in for ayn rand <laughs> that's all i want We'll see. <laughs> There's certainly some cultural, you know, dialogue going on in this uh, trailer. I mean, it's called Judas. I'm kind of expecting something. Yeah, there's going to be some kind of profound, uh, likely libertarian message in there. Son of a bitch. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we also got a very strange Death Stranding 2 trailer from Hideo Kojima Productions. Uh, the creator also discussed re rewriting the game after the COVID pandemic. And uh, yeah, it looks as weird as ever. It's as star-studded as ever. And it features an old man Reedus. Can he go back and rewrite Death Stranding? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I never got around to playing Death Stranding. It looks like a UPS package delivery service simulator in some weird crazy future am i you close? get you get actual weapons 20 hours in 20 hours wow that's generous the the the, the weapons that you get at first are grenades mm. 
that are basically bombs of your body fluids. That's disgusting. (laughs) There are pee grenades. (laughs) Poop grenades. When you go to a place where you can actually, like, rest and, like, save the game or whatnot, if you have your character use the bathroom, that is how you recoup grenades. Great. Sounds like a masterpiece. (laughs) Also, monster energy drinks. Heavy ads. This game makes Norman Reedus drink enough monster energy to explode his heart, and he's just fine. I mean, you know, they got to make their money. It was a new startup studio. (laughs) He had to do something. (laughs) I, I guess. If you don't know, Hideo <laughs> Kojima is famous for making the Metal Gear Solid games, which are also, they're like big, overly convoluted espionage, you know, kind of like 80s espionage, Well, and then it goes well into the future with yeah. like nanomachines and drones and all sorts of stuff. It has a lot of like war messaging, like the hazards of war, hazards of private militaries, hazards of corporate militaries. Like he literally had to rewrite uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 because 9-11 happened. Yeah. And it, his ending was way too close. Yeah. Surprisingly <laughs> close. <laughs> but uh, in all of that, there is a ridiculous level of goofiness. Like, you can put nudie mags on a box and distract, like, enemy soldiers. And <laughs> you can make big inflatable versions of yourself to distract them. And, and then it'll pop and explode. And just, like... You can use a box to go sand dune surfing. Yeah. there's Out in the middle of the war-torn desert. There's because a, that's just a thing you can do. Yeah. In the last game, there was a very scantily clad sniper woman who wore basically nothing except a thong... And some torn pantyhose and would make herself invisible and shoot people in the desert in the 80s. And she drank water through her skin. Or at least that's what we tell ourselves when we're watching her take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of goofiness over the top stuff. The plots are way too convoluted and unnecessarily complicated. But they're amazing games. Uh, amazing Doesn't sound games. like it. But they are. <laughs> Death Stranding, I, I, I've heard both good things and bad things have not gotten around to play with it. But, hey, you're getting a sequel soon. If you want to play uh, Balancing Act the game, play Death Stranding. Why, what's with the babies? <laughs> Why is every trailer about babies and babies dying and him carrying babies? and Oh, the, we don't have enough time for me to get into how the BB unit works. <sighs> so weird it's almost quite literally how the respawning in that game is explained oh so it's gold balls it it's it's real fucking weird it's x-men it it, it, god damn it (laughs) (laughs) i don't want it to be but it kind of is oh no it it hurts me it's gold balls (laughs) it's gold balls Uh, the next trailer we saw was some DLC trailer for Cyberpunk 2077, which we alluded to earlier. Mm-hmm. It is called Phantom Liberty, and it will be coming in 2023 and features Idris Elba as the uh, main character in this DLC. It also shows a returning Keanu Reeves uh, from the main game. The new character is a U.S. veteran named Solomon Reed, who seems to have it out for a lot of people. 
Because spending most of our money getting Keanu Reeves to be in this game, as opposed to, I don't know, spending that money on developing a system where the police actually interact with you. They're corrupt. (sighs) Mother... (laughs) They're turning a blind eye because they want to live... They know they're not the main character. Son of a bitch. They want to live. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to do actual police chase scenes. Is that... (laughs) If we were going to make a GTA game, make a fucking GTA game. God damn it. You might just get it. We'll see what this DLC does. We'll see what this DLC does. The next trailer we saw was uh, EA's Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which is a sequel to... Star Wars Fallen Order. Uh, it will be coming on March 17th, 2023. So I have not played it. Have you? I know Dan's played it a little bit. Fallen Order is fantastic, and the trailer to Jedi Survivor looks even more so. Yeah, what did you think of it? The the OG one? I know you haven't played much yeah, of it. Yeah, I didn't get too far into it, but I did think it was as good as any Star Wars games I, I previously played. The, the gameplay is really good. The use of the Force, the way they integrate the Force into how you control it and how you learn to fight with it over the course of the game is really interesting. And the story is really interesting. I know there's a lot with a lot of people within the fandom that would like to see a series made out of the main character because of how interesting his story is. So. Well, you might get it. <laughs> he does have the most interesting story out of any Star Wars character. And so, that is... He's even more interesting than Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> if, you had to, if you had to summarize it for me to recruit me to play this game, real quick, what would be the elevator pitch for this character? Okay. So you're playing as the adult version of one of the younglings that survived Order 66. But they found you. <laughs> Your goal is to survive. And maybe get some more power along the way. Uh, Or at least that's what you want to do before Darth Vader catches up to you. Oh, fun. God help you if Darth Vader catches up to you. He's great with kids. (laughs) 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 All right, cool. Uh, Yeah, like this character... Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, He's... He's everything... That I wish Luke Skywalker was. Wow, okay. All right. Well, I'll have to dive into it, try to catch up, much like I did with uh, Horizon. Yeah. So we'll see. It's coming soon. March is not that far away. It'll be here before you know it. Next Quite up, literally, yeah. We got another trailer and a release date for Diablo 4. It will be coming on June 6, 2023. Ooh, June's getting packed. <laughs> and it seems like we got a, a lot of new like feature announcements in the the, the post trailer uh, interviews. They're talking about having like world like basically badge protectors for each world like to get into said world you got to fight some big giant ridiculous boss. Yeah, you know, this big dungeon crawler games, you know. They're they're going to make a lot of money on it cuz they always do with Diablo. I'm planning on boycotting this game. Wow. Why is that? Diablo Immortal. Diablo Immortal. The mobile Diablo game. (laughs) You're still on this. Yes, I am still on this, (laughs) goddammit. If you can pay up to $150 to, is like when you're paying for power and still not get the thing that you want or you have to pay that much to finally get the thing that you want... Fuck that game. <laughs> okay. On principle, on site, 
fuck Diablo 4. Wow. <laughs> okay. Bold take. You goddamn right. I bet you Nick will play it. Uh, he might. Yeah, he might. <laughs> uh, next up, here's a game you might play. Street Fighter VI has gotten a release date of June 2nd, 2023. They showed off a bunch of new characters, including DJ, Manon, Marissa, and JP. Um, one thing I noted watching this trailer, I was like, they went full JoJo Bizarre Adventure in this <laughs> in this video game. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> they look bonkers. <laughs> the new characters look bonkers. Well, fun fact: the character designs for a, a lot of the characters from Street Fighter Two were inspired by JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. That makes sense. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. And to see them lean even further into that level of silly, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I expect this game to be great. It's probably going to be at all the Evo fighting tournaments because Street Fighter is generally renowned as one of the best fighters on the market. So it's great to see it come back. It looks as goofy as ever. Uh, we'll see if I'll play it. There's a lot of main cast that are kind of missing from the roster that for now are probably going to be dlc (laughs) but we'll see probably most likely trying to get a lot of people into this with the create your own fighter feature yeah uh the next trailer we saw is suicide squad killed the justice league uh we've seen previous trailers but this is the first like real significant story chunk trailer and i think they showed it for one specific reason because they wanted to show kevin conroy as Batman in the trailer from the story. Um, the release date has been announced for May 26th, 2023. Um, and it included a, a small like dedication at the very end of the trailer, which was very sweet where he was basically unedited doing his titular line, you know, I am dark or I am vengeance. I am the night. I am Batman. Mm-hmm. That whole spiel. Uh, very nice. Um, I thought the trailer was Kind of hilarious. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, I did. <laughs> it's like, okay, we get it. You definitely beat up the Flash in this game. <laughs> but yeah, they have to like watch this uh, Captain Boomerang just deal with his unconscious body. Is like, <laughs> and then accidentally cut off his finger. <laughs> that is not something I expected to happen. <laughs> like, in oh, this no! game, he that cut was... off the Flash's finger. That's wild (laughs) (laughs) this is very james gunn yeah yes so i am all aboard this train uh Uh, it definitely doesn't look i have as concerning one nitpick with that entire scene yeah and it's the premise that it's based on that the flash doesn't like super recover from being knocked the fuck out yeah, it's weird. I assume it has something to do with Brainiac and yeah, his he, control of all the Justice League. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. So the whole setup of the game is Brainiac is attacking Earth, has corrupted the whole Justice League, and now the Suicide Squad is basically the last bastion of defense from for the U.S. government, and they're just sending them in to try to take down <laughs> the the Justice League members individually, you know, because they're basically corrupted by this mm. big villain. So. Yeah. Uh, interesting premise. Looks fun. Looks awesome. It had some great dialogue. It's it's cool seeing all the uh, characters interact. Uh, it's very James Gunn, and I'm here for it. It's so much more fluid than <laughs> the Arkham Knights looked and is. Oh. I like 
this is made by the Arkham team specifically, and it it is apparently a continuation of the Arkham canon. So you do see the Arkham Batman in this in this video game. So I'm all on board of this. Oh, absolutely! I, I hope it's good. It looks good. It sounds good. It feels good, and it's Kevin Conroy's last major role, as far as we know. So. This is the day one. Just to honor him, yeah. I hope I hope we get a good game out of this. Looks fun, and it's hey, it's not a Batman game. It's just it, yeah, he he's, a, he's in it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not a Batman game, which is awesome. Yeah. We hardly ever get a DC game that is not just a Batman game. Uh, another trailer we saw was the Tekken Eight new trailer, which I know you're looking forward to. Yep. Uh, interesting tidbit: it featured uh, June Kazama, who is Jin's mother. And she will be a playable character in this game. Um, I'm really curious how they're going to explain that one. Uh, <laughs> retcons. She's been dead for fucking five games now. <laughs> but I thought that was pretty interesting. We'll see. Maybe she's like a Sindel character who's b- like, basically like a, a zombie slave. Like a revenant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you had commented on this in the past, but this is the first time I really saw it. There are some weird, <laughs> veiny character <laughs> models in this game. Why is everybody covered in just veins? Like, everybody. Uh, it's almost like they saw the, the trailer to Street Fighter Six, and they're like, oh, we could do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when graphics get too real. Yeah. You know? It's like, I don't need to... Watch you flex that hard. Yeah, you were God so damn. interested in whether you could. You, you didn't stop to think about whether or not you should. Yeah, just what do you do? No, ew, <laughs> gross. I shouldn't be gagging when I'm looking at my character model. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> yeah, the the gross. the stand-in for Bruce Lee, which is either martial law or forest law. I don't know if they're ever going to put forest law back in the game. Uh, but the law, whichever one it is, looking like a super shredded, br- like five percent body fat Bruce Lee. Yeah, it's veiny. It's fucking weird. <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> he took a lot of steroids and just had really high blood pressure. It's like I'm real shredded, real shredded guys. <laughs> but hey, we got to see King, my guy. Oh. Uh, Lucha Libre lives on. Love him. <laughs> the, uh, the lovable cat man. The next trailer we saw was Horizon Forbidden West DLC Burning Shores, which is announced for release on April 19th, 2023. Mm-hmm. And it featured uh, the Hollywood sign, so clearly going to LA for this DLC. Um, hmm. Forbidden West, obviously, was seems to be about the west coast of the United States, for those who are unaware. I mean, it's an old game. I'm not really spoiling anything. It's in the trailer. Yeah. But it's it. you don't realize it until a little bit into the game, but you're in a basically a reformed version of our planet. Yeah. So. It's like, you've been in America this whole time. Yeah. And the whole goal of the game is to figure out why you're there, how you got there, where did all the old the ancient people go, what happened? Why did their society fall apart? And uh, what are all these giant robot monster things everywhere <laughs> that are trying to murder everyone? It's like, where did I come from? And how do I get home? And you would think the answer would be goofy. <laughs> it's not. It's really good. It, and it's really, actually sensible. It's really sensible. <laughs> really sensible. And you're like, wow, I never thought of that. I can't believe they made Dinosaur Robots the video game. <laughs> An intelligent pre- premise from a scientific point of view. 
<laughs> you have to play it to get it. Yeah. But the, there's a totally, like... It, there's a reason for reason. it. Yeah. And if you're worried about AI now, boy, watch out. Oh, speaking of that, we're going to be talking about chat GPT later in the show. Oh, no. Oh, AI is getting scary, bro. Oh. It's getting real scary. <laughs> Skynet, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, the trailer looked great. Uh, it's basically... Shows Aloy like flying on this giant bird creature robot thing that she's taking control of and mm. flying around mm, a naturally. weirdly volcanic version of LA, like where the mountains are erupting. So I'm guessing there was some kind of natural disaster. Uh, um, and she doesn't get roasted immediately. Well, I mean, she didn't fly into it. But okay, that's fair. She's flying over it. It's okay. <laughs> um, sure, it's fine. Next up. Uh, we had a Crash Team Rumble trailer that will be coming at some time in 2023. It is a 4v4 multiplayer party game, I think. Crash Team Rumble? What? Yeah. That sounds like it should be a Smash clone. It seems... No, it's not It's not a Smash clone because they're like on obstacle courses and stuff. It seems like it's some weird hybrid between like Mario Party mm-hmm. and um, what were the, those like pink pill-shaped things uh it'll come to me later but yeah um yeah it just seems like a goofy kid-friendly party game Hmm. Uh, how how deep it is how fun it is we'll see the problem with like very niche playstation characters having their own specific party game it's not like mario where you have worldwide recognition and everybody knows who mario is and who all these nintendo characters are it's like it's just Crash, <laughs> the Bandicoot. <laughs> From really a... trying to grow the brand. Yeah, the last time that character was relevant was in the mid-90s. So you're counting on a lot of old people to, <laughs> to try to indoctrinate their kids with Crash, the Bandicoot. <laughs> just, just a thought. Yeah, maybe. Just, we'll see if it's good. Yeah. I know Crash Team Racing was popular, so which is basically a Mario Kart ripoff. Also, and it was a, a, it was good back in the nineties. Yeah, maybe the early two thousands. Yeah, maybe. Oh, like twenty years ago. Yeah, guys. Yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. make something else. There's kids in college that don't know what that game was. <laughs> no. Yeah, just just the thought. The next trailer we saw was a a new Warhammer 40k game, Space Marine 2, which is not to be confused with the other Warhammer 40k game that is also coming out, which is basically like a dungeon crawler. This one looks like more of an in-depth story game uh, coming in 2023. I am not a Warhammer 40k person because the... It's just too much to jump into the expensive figurines and the huge like book series that (laughs) I just don't have enough time to get into all that. But uh, shout out to my buddy John. He loves that series. So I'm sure he'll be all over that. But that game looks it looks sick. Like, I don't know if yeah. it'll be good, but it looks awesome. Like, graphically really impressive. And the gameplay looks really cool. The environmental storytelling looks really cool. Like, I, I kind of wanted to get into the series after watching that trailer. I mean, there's a whole lot of lore. There's a whole lot of hardcore lore. Yeah. Um. Uh, if you want something to relate to Henry Cavill with, you get into Warhammer. <laughs> get real nerdy with it. You're real nerdy. And this is a like, pretty nerdy show. Like, if you want to play a game that's even more intense than D&D, you play Warhammer. Yeah. It's very... 
there, there's a little bit of badge protecting with the the fans, unfortunately. But oh. it's it's a lot of investment. Badge and, protecting, yeah. Gatekeeping. It's like, hey, if you read this 100 book series and buy these expensive exclusive figurines, maybe you won't be a filthy casual anymore. God, you know, that type of <laughs> that. I don't know. That's real dumb. I'm sure there's great fans within that space, but I've not encountered too many of them. <laughs> Not all fans are like that. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to get into. Yeah. Uh, the next trailer we saw was Earthblade. Uh, it will be coming in 2024, and it will be the, uh, I guess, the spiritual successor, but the follow-up from the very successful kind of 16-bit uh, platform game called Celeste. Hmm. So Celeste won a bunch of awards, mostly from Emo's. Emos really love that game. I, I, I played that game, and it's kind of basic. Uh, well, there you go. Yeah. Right out of the horse's mouth. Yeah. But hey, you're getting a sequel. I know a lot of people love the game, so I'm sure there's a lot of people yeah. looking forward to that. And, yeah. 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 Congratulations. Hooray. <laughs> uh, the next trailer we got was a weird one. This was Bayonetta Origins, uh, Ceriza and the Lost Demons. It will be coming in March 17th, 2023. Uh, it's this weird, like, cartoonish top-down action platformer. It kind of looked like Bastion, ironically. Hmm. Uh, we mentioned Bastion earlier, but it will be a Switch exclusive, like every Bayonetta has been since the second one. Which, <sighs> again, I think that was the worst decision they could have made with that series. Still the worst decision. Yeah. It's like, technologically no, holding them back. The first game was so, like, unique. Right. And cool and awesome and very much, like in that devil may cry space of just like over the top ridiculous action in like just intense graphical fidelity with all the crazy stuff going on yeah i mean you're talking about she's a witch that <laughs> fights angels and demons with like gun, gun shoes <laughs> guns strapped to her high heels yeah and she's like on fighter jets like fighting angels and stuff like it's just and, bonkers and, and the demon creatures that she creates are also weirdly made out of her hair yeah but then again so is her costume her costume is weirdly made out of her she's hair. basically naked all the time yeah <laughs> but she uses her hair to transform herself and she's got this whole like sexy librarian look that yeah. She rocks throughout the entire series. Yep. And then they made it exclusive to the only console that can't handle that. <laughs> <laughs> so Nintendo bought the rights to that game because it was such a hit in Japan. And then they now it's been an exclusive for Bayonetta 2, Bayonetta 3, and now this prequel weird top-down game. And it just... Uh, I, 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 I'm sure their numbers are okay, but I don't see how they're making any money on those games. I really don't. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. And they're just held back, like you said. They just yeah. haven't been able to catch up with the rest of the gaming world because they're stuck on this outdated hardware. If they had the ability to design for like the PS5 or the PC, it would look fucking spectacular. Yeah. I guarantee you. I mean, the OG was on Xbox, PlayStation, yeah. and the Nintendo. like. I just I feel like you're leaving a lot of sales on the table. Yeah, really. Don't know if that was the right decision, but maybe Nintendo yeah. was really paying them a lot of money. And they got locked into it now. Yep. Uh, the next trailer we got was Hellboy Web of Weird. Uh, it's a kind of strange, it felt kind of outdated looking um, game. It's cell shaded, I guess, to look more like a comic, but it just, it didn't seem like it was done very well. It, I don't know if you saw this trailer. It's 
The last Hellboy movie looked like it wasn't done very well. Wow. <laughs> How dare you insult David Harbour. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it because it got really bad reviews. But I love the first two. I did see it. And I know why it got bad reviews. Aww. No Christmas presents. There, there were... <laughs> don't Suicide Squad me. <laughs> I don't want to watch it. Spoilers. Uh. <laughs> it had a lot of potential, but they tried to squeeze like six movies worth of material into one movie. Oh, that's a bummer. And then also allude to a character that deserves their own movie. They could have made a whole Dark Horse universe out of that movie. And... Yeah, especially with the character that they alluded to. Hashtag save Lobster Johnson. <laughs> hashtag save Lobster Johnson. <laughs> don't, don't just abduct our hashtag save Constantine mantra Look, I, for I, Lobster Johnson. They're not saving Constantine, okay? <laughs> yeah. I've accepted this. Oh, uh, James Gunn, Peter Safran, if you're listening, please cancel Constantine 2 starring Keanu Reeves, the not British... <laughs> Not blonde, not even really a wizard person, warlock, whatever you want to call him, sorcerer. Just get the with this stupid fucking cross gun. Do, do we have to put down hashtag kill Constantine? Uh, kill Constantine too. We gotta we get, we gotta keep Matt Ryan out of the crossfire though. Because if we say kill Constantine, they're gonna kill the wrong one. <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting getting a little sick of Keanu Reeves. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> it's not the role we needed you back. <laughs> that game, that movie got like a five, Ooh. critically out of ten. If you look at the average, it, it's, it's like not it was, good. It was poorly written on a bad premise, it, and they fucked up the character. Like it's they, he's not even British. It's <laughs> <laughs> just bad. Uh, okay, moving on. Next trailer, we got. Uh, this one was a surprisingly big trailer that nobody saw coming. Crime Boss Rocky City from 505 Games is an FPS in a fictional, fictional 90s Florida crime world. It will be coming on March 28th, 2023 and features a lot of big actors and actresses, including Michael Madsen, Chuck Norris, Danny Glover, Kim Bassinger, Danny Trejo, and Vanilla Ice. Talk about games that <laughs> came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is this game? It looks really polished, too. <laughs> like, really polished. I was... Vanilla Ice? Vanilla Ice is who you recruited? Of all the people they could have put in this game. In Florida. In Florida. 90s Florida is where we're setting this game about this it's criminal like, underworld. 80s Florida makes sense. There's a reason Vice City yeah, we're takes place in 80s Florida. We're, we're going with full Disney World Florida. Like, 90s? Yeah. What are you doing? That's what they got Vanilla Ice for, I guess. I don't know. It, who do you play as? The Florida Man? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a meth addict. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of games that uh, probably should have had a number attached to it, unlike... Uh, armored core game mm -hmm. the lords of the fallen not to be confused with the game of the same exact name that came out only a few years ago <laughs> it is a reboot of the series the lords of the fallen it got a new gameplay trailer and uh it looks just like the original game 
It looks like they a, didn't change the name at all. It looks like a Dark Souls ripoff. Son of a... They're making the same exact game. They're not even bothering to change the title. <laughs> and they're selling it to you again. It's like, oh, From Software isn't doing another Souls game. Yeah. Baby, it's our time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, hopefully they make money. I don't know. We'll see. But I, why are you? Why would you make it a sequel or something? The game is not that old. Because we're tired of funding uh, a Plague Tale. Like we're tired of funding it. A Plague Tale is better. A Plague Tale is better. <laughs> but God damn it, we want recognition for making a Souls game that <laughs> no one played, <laughs> uh, and then no one will continue to play. Oh my God! Because there will be another Souls game. I guarantee it. Uh, almost certainly. Um, we also got a, a trailer for The Last of Us Part 1 as the PC release. Uh, I guess they're doing a, a few updates, making it a little prettier, and uh, it's funny, funny enough, following the latest <laughs> Last of Us Part 1 uh, re-release on PS5, where they made it worse <laughs> and didn't give you the multiplayer. We're not paying for this game again! <laughs> Buy it again! You're like, fuck you, okay? Yeah. You ain't Skyrim! If you're not aware, <laughs> Last of Us came out on the PS3, towards the end of the PS3 era. Mm-hmm. They then re-released it as a remaster on the PS4. And then, not that long ago, they released it on PS5 as another remaster. <laughs> after the release of the sequel, Part 2, and uh, <laughs> they removed features from the original game, so it's not even better. <laughs> And now there's a PC version coming. It's like, they removed features and charged more money. (laughs) The balls you gotta have. Now, to be fair, it is one of the greatest games of all time. Especially for its era. Motherfucker, it's not that good. I love it. The first one. Uh, okay, first the, one. The first first one. First first one. <laughs> the Multi- fact that we gotta say the first, first one. We have to say the first version of the first game in the series. Yeah. We're not buying it again. No, fuck S- you. Stop it. <laughs> By the way, why are you making a show and telling the main actress not to play the game to know who she's playing? What are you doing? <laughs> Don't fuck this up. And fuck you, naughty dog. <laughs> I think that's more on HBO. Um, and we know what goes on in the, oh, <laughs> those oh, hallowed halls. Oh, cocaine. Oh, more cocaine. We also got word that Returnal has been announced for PC. This is another PlayStation exclusive, which is getting a very delayed entry into the PC space. And that will be coming in early 2023. So... Talk about a timed exclusive. It's weird because it feels like they're make, trying to make Microsoft happy after suing the fuck out of them for trying to buy <laughs> Call of Duty. It's a weird mixed message they're sending to the Microsoft teams. It's like, baby, I didn't mean it. Please just let me still have Call of Duty. <laughs> it's all I've ever wanted. Yeah. Here's, here's some exclusives for you. <laughs> Forgive us. Please. The next trailer we saw was Baldur's Gate 3 from Larian Studios. It will be coming in August of 2023. So if you're a Baldur's Gate fan, look forward to that. People have been asking for that for a long time. It's finally coming. There you go. We've seen a lot of stuff come out, and people have already played, like, the beta version of it. Yep. 
Forspoken, the uh, big Square Enix magic action title, uh, is now uh, playable as a demo on the PlayStation Store. So if you're interested in playing that game, trying it out before it comes out in January, go ahead and do that. Transformers Reactivate, this was a surprising one from developer Splash Damage, had a reveal trailer. It is an online action game, and I'm guessing from the trailer that it is some kind of invasion from the Decepticons, and for some reason in the past, the Autobots were probably deactivated, hence the name Reactivate, because in the trailer they reactivate who I assume is Bumblebee, because you Mm -hmm. see the big bright yellow hands. Yeah. Um... Looks interesting. Uh, I, I, I'm a little less interested in this just because it's an online action game. And oh. It makes me think it's going to be some like half-assed, either yeah. battle royale or like an MMO. It seems like there was a lot of potential for this to be a really good, better than Michael Bay movie story. Yeah, which mind you, isn't that high of a bar. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I feel like if it was like a good story-based game play offline like maybe if you want a multiplayer component you can always add that but I'd, right i'm a, I'm a little worried that it's, it's just going to be another underwhelming transformers title yeah the next trailer we got was banishers ghost of new eden from focus entertainment and don't nod it will be coming in the end of 2023 uh it seems to be an action RB- rpg about a couple lovers uh in 1695 uh they hunt ghosts in the wilds of North America, and when I say ghosts, it looks more like just like monsters. Mm. And they have like human-like ghosts, but it looked like a few times they're fighting like big ghost race and uh... just four-legged beasts and stuff like that. It looks really interesting, really unique. Not definitely not a setting most people would think of if you're going to develop a new series, right? So I'm interested in it. It looks like it's going to be you know story-focused, human character development focus so i'm i'm excited for it we'll see what happens but looked really cool really unique yeah haven't seen that setup or that setting uh since i want to say assassin's creed 3 yeah i mean technically that was the 1700s Uh, yeah that wasn't really in the wilds that was in the new england colonies the new colonies like right outside the wilds assassin's creed rogue was maybe a little closer because it was a prequel to that basically but then that's Canada. Yeah. Yeah. We don't count Canada. <laughs> America's hat. I'm kidding. We love you, Canada. We just with you, wish we had your health care. That's all. Mm. I'll take it. We, we'll take the good parts. How about that? <laughs> uh, next up in the trailers, uh, Immortals of Vium. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's a new EA Originals game from Ascendant Studios. It is a single-player, self-described magic shooter from devs who worked on Dead Space, Halo, Bioshock. It seems like some kind of like space environment magic FPS where instead of running around with a giant gun, you're just casting the spells from Skyrim. Uh the devs who worked on three games that I'm really over right now. <laughs> You're going to have to give me a little more than that to sell this game, guys. Yeah, we'll see. The trailer looked a little underwhelming. The name is definitely not great. Also, 
EA originals. EA is on like the thinnest of thin ice right now. <laughs> They're trying to kind of change their name, but not really. It's like there's a whole lot of shitty like microtransactional games that they've got. And then they've got one really good one with uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Hey, that's enough, right? Th- th- no! You're welcome. God damn it! You screwed up Battlefield. <laughs> fix Battlefield. <laughs> then we can talk. They're not going to fix that game. They're not going to fix it. Yeah. We got a pretty cool looking trailer, uh, Remnant 2, which comes from Be- Gearbox Games. It is a looter shooter sequel style kind of horror game that is coming in 2023. I have not played the first one, but uh, the sequel looks pretty darn cool based on the uh, trailer for it. Eh, I mean, the first one's all right. We'll see uh, how that one looks the the closer that we get to release. We got a trailer for Blue Protocol from Bandai Namco. Uh, it will be coming to the States and the West in general in 2023. It is an anime-style MMORPG. It is worth noting because it's being published by amazon games which is not something expected there's a few games that were but this is probably one of the bigger ones Mm -hmm. Uh, apparently blue protocol has a really good reputation in japan so we'll see it it looked really cool based on the trailer i was surprised how into it i was i didn't think i would be but uh, Eh, we'll see i like the trailer yeah uh next up we got a, a some looks at after us uh from private division uh it's a platformer featuring gaia the spirit of life uh in a setting after the death of life on earth and basically you're going through a a big dead world trying to revive it with life it looks like one of those uh you know feels games where you go around and you get your message about destroying the environment and killing each other and you heal the planet I've already played Flower. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. You can play it again. Son of a bitch. (laughs) Enjoy the music. Have some feels. Uh, Put on some lo-fi music. Can we just make this a good game? (laughs) (laughs) It might be good. Okay, it might be good. We'll we'll see. Uh, The next trailer we saw was Replaced from Sad Cat Games. It is a 1980s futuresque dystopian side-scrolling platformer. Is that enough words for you? It seems to be an Xbox and PC exclusive. Um, uh, it looks fine. I mean, I mean, 1980s futuresque. Put CRTs in the future. There you go. <laughs> of course. Let's all let's all just go back to the tube. Speaking of EA originals, we got another trailer for a game called Wild Hearts. This one was confusing. I got nothing out of the trailer. It, I guess it's kind of japanese inspired it's a weird you know action adventure game of some sort there's a lot of hacking and slashing going on so i assume that's what it is told me nothing (laughs) the trailer told me nothing i have no idea what i was looking at but there you go uh we got some updates from dune awakening including an in-engine gameplay trailer for the survival mmo that will be coming soon and uh they announced that you can sign up for the beta if you're interested in that i was interested in it until we found out it was an mmo and now i'm not so interested in it (sighs) looks a little rough around the edges gotta be honest that engine trailer did not do it any favors yeah no we got a trailer for the horizon call of the mountain vr game that will be a playstation vr2 launch game uh like the psvr2 it will be coming in february 2020 uh february 22nd of 2023 
looks cool looks fun there's a famously a horizon game for the uh, original psvr so I, I would assume they're following up on that and uh that gameplay and that storyline in some way shape or form but the downside is you gotta buy a 550 dollar vr system in addition to your PS- ps5 which is also 500 dollars in order to play it so, real high barrier to entry for this one that's a little tough I love it. Love Horizon, but that's asking a lot to spend at a minimum over eleven hundred dollars before taxes. Just to play this game game. if you don't have any bit of the tech that you need to. By the way, PSVR, not backwards compatible with the all the PSVR PSVR, games. PSVR two not backwards compatible. So you have to buy all those games again. Bad decision. Yep. Bad decision. Uh, we got another trailer called Primitive from Gamble's Box SA developer. Uh, it is a prehistoric survival game, and it will be a Steam exclusive. We got a teaser uh, for an Attack on Titan Unbreakable VR game for the MetaQuest 3, which will be exclusive to their device in the summer of 2023. Thought it was weird that it's coming in summer of 2023, and they had no footage at all. That's a little weird. <laughs> it was literally just the title screen. It's like, it's happening. (laughs) (laughs) So, they're really banking on Attack on Titan fans to pony up and help them out. Because I don't think that game's done. It's It's on a system that is notoriously uh, inflamed right now with bad production, bad games, particularly the the meta universe. Meta. No. It's no. Facebook's losing a lot of money. Yeah, they are. (laughs) And then we got an extended, updated Mario Brothers movie trailer uh, featuring some Mario karts and pipe warping and all sorts of silly shenanigans that you would expect from the Mario universe. Yeah. uh, Addressing the linear 2D nature of those games seems a little weird. It's on the nose, but it's fine. Yeah. yeah. It was like, oh, yeah. It's a goofy kids movie. I'm not worried about it. uh, Remember this? How you go from left to right on the screen. This is what it looks at, what looks like when you do like a top-down view. It's like, oh, these are just freely suspended floating bricks that you're just you're just jumping and walking on. Yeah. I don't know how this happens, but it just does. I know you saw the trailers, Dan. What did yeah. you, you think of it? I'm excited about it. I mean, I I think it's clear that they're not wanting to make a Mario Brothers movie without having a tribute to every single Mario Brothers game and property that there has ever been, ever. So they have to just smash everything in there in one way or another. Yeah. Oh, you like that tribute to Smash in the yeah, in the new trailer? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. They just, everything. They need to make sure that everything gets in there. But um, yeah, I mean, I really liked, I liked how the animation looks. The Mushroom Kingdom looks really, really good. Yeah. Um, Surprisingly I'm... good. It's being made by a Nintendo studio. Yeah. It's not even like a Pixar or, you know dreamworks or something it's made in-house by nintendo yeah and that's incredible you can tell they put a lot of care and attention into it and they really care about getting this right yeah Um, and i you know so far from what i can tell from the voice acting i'm not overly impressed with what i've heard from chris pratt's mario (laughs) or especially anya joy taylor's 
Princess Peach because it doesn't even sound like she's doing a Peach voice. She's just talking. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. I like the sound of Jack Black's uh, Bowser. I like the sound of Charlie Day's Luigi when he's getting interrogated and have his mustache hairs pulled and all that kind of thing. So, <laughs> like, uh, two of them like. understood the assignment. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, and I love the Penguin King. It looks King. fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Penguin King's the best yeah. part yes. of Do both those you trailers. Yield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that has become one of my favorite meme formats now. So good. Do you yield? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to say, after watching the second trailer, I I I turn I flipped. I think Jack Black sounds great. I really yeah. and the second trailer sounds much better than I thought in the first one. And I didn't agree with you initially on the Chris Pratt criticism on the previous episode, mm-hmm. but you're both right. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> He's just talking. Uh, yeah, it's even more apparent when you listen to like a different language dub. The French understood the assignment. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> like, from the very first trailer, the French understood the assignment. It is night and day. Yeah, once you hear the let's go, you're just like, oh. oh yeah, oh, why'd you have the let's go? His Yahoo sounds okay. <laughs> I, I don't know about the let's go, though. I'm just like, no, you're not. You're not. It, it was the let's booyah. It was the Justice League booyah. <laughs> no, you when you have someone that's like, Mario. when someone's trying Universe. to portray something, but they're not fully committed to it so it comes out yeah. super awkward like in between trying and not committing yeah like that's how all of his lines come off R- yeah. right i and i i think it's... emery will have a lot more insight into this but i think this is an indictment of using normal actors who don't yes. do voice acting for voice acting roles simply because why? they're a name yeah why? right uh, w- it, would it, you agree with that uh absolutely it's even more weird that the guy who's been voicing Mario for like decades now, he's in the movie. Mm. He's just not Mario, yeah. <laughs> which is really fucking weird. And by the way, Charles Martinet was at GalaxyCon Columbus, so more reason to go to GalaxyCon. <laughs> just going to plug that again. Jeez, <laughs> missed the golden opportunity, Emery. Oh, I could have asked him why he wasn't Mario. <laughs> and probably gotten the expected answer. It's because the, the, we we wanted Chris Pratt because he's a big name right now. Yeah. But also, is anybody... I just need to find the person that's like, you know what? I've never played a Mario game. I don't care about these characters. I wouldn't go see the movie otherwise except fred armison is in it as cranky kong so now i'm gonna buy a ticket like is that really the difference maker who is going to an animated film to hear their favorite actor's voice yeah, <laughs> yeah it's weird it's oh, weird it seems hire voice actors just hire it'd be voice so much actors. cheaper too yeah exactly you don't have your budget yeah you have to pay like, chris pratt 80 million dollars right N- not only would it make more sense and be cheaper They've been doing it already. This is what they do. This is literally all they do. <laughs> Weird decision all around. It, it's it's never going to make sense. But hey, trailers look good. Looks polished. I'm probably going to see it. Much like I saw the original Sonic after they fixed it. Yeah. Uh, I'm almost certain Charlie Day is going to carry this goddamn movie. Charlie now, Day and Jack Black. Now, yes. Nintendo does not have an actual sense of humor, so I don't anticipate that they'll dive into like the meme culture like Sonic <laughs> did. Sonic, the the first movie, I, you bought me the second movie. I still have to watch it. Mm-hmm. But the first movie went headfirst into the meme culture. Like, <laughs> like literally held up a drawing of Sanic, the meme <laughs> from the internet, and like alluded to like the weird sexual fanboys. <laughs> like just all sorts of crazy stuff. I don't expect Nintendo to do the same. That's unfortunate. 
You know, but if, I kind of hope they will. If my little pony can do it, I, I assure you, Mario, you can get away with it. You can get away with it. <laughs> my little pony got away with it. Uh, oh, shit. We'll see. We'll see. Cross your fingers. Uh, <laughs> all right. That wraps up our video game section of the program. So we'll jump into the movie and TV news. First up, we got a full trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 featuring Adam Warlock and comics accurate outfits which i thought was pretty interesting pretty cool it's weird that they made us wait till wait till movie number 3 to give that to us i mean at this point it seems kind of unnecessary right but i mean, it's I mean like that's, you... that's a nice nod i guess james this is james gunn's last movie it, with it, marvel you'd imagine right and it's like okay this is my last one finally gonna do comics accurate guardians where they're like they're an official team now so what did you guys think of the trailer well i know rocket's gonna die (laughs) if if it wasn't more clear by what the this trailer was doing there's like at least several death flags for rocket raccoon alone are you gonna cry over a cg raccoon if they play their cards right. <laughs> I mean, hey, if nothing else, I trust James Gunn to sell the importance of a CG raccoon dying on screen. Mm-hmm. I was your daddy. <laughs> uh, Ego may have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy boy. <laughs> it's like I cried for, for one character. Like I might cry for another. Also, Drax... Also looks like he might be on his way out. I imagine, I mean, Batista is loyal to James Gunn, so I imagine he's going to be in DC Properties, if anything, make him for Bane. the next 10 years. Make him He Bane. would be an awesome Bane. Oh he my would be God. perfect. <laughs> he he's, would. He's Latin. <laughs> like, he's fucking he, roided out as shit. <laughs> and he can actually at least fake being a some level of intelligent it if he's given the right lines and the right director he can be the perfect bane what do you think of the trailer have you seen it yeah yeah it looks like it's going to be uh quite emotional and i i also anticipate several main character deaths that i'm not quite sure i'm prepared for at this point (laughs) (laughs) but i'm also expecting the same thing of ant-man so i feel like marvel is just getting ready to punch us all in the gut for a couple of months to begin 2023 (laughs) uh so we'll see uh it does it looks like it's going to be much heavier in its content than the previous guardians of the galaxy movies so yeah we'll see i mean they've already killed them all once that god damn it (laughs) (laughs) and one of them is still dead yeah we just have this weird time traveling version (laughs) of gamora in there so that's true uh, oh my god she has no context for any of their history together so (laughs) that'll be weird yeah not sure how they're they're gonna pull that one off but yeah we'll see we'll see gotta keep zoe saldana in there but, I mean, uh, yeah, I I'm mean, into it. That but... death was rough. That death was rough when that happened. So I oh, think that they're going to yeah. like triple that now. It's going to give you that times three or four. It's Ooh. like the reminder, not just that uh, her character died, but that this version has no recollection mm-hmm. of any of their time. It's yeah. like, oh, that just that's going to hurt to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be rough. Yeah. Poor Peter. Poor Peter Quill. Mm-mm-mm. Did you guys watch the holiday special yet? 
I did. Uh, yeah, the wife and I watched it on Saturday. It is hilarious. <laughs> it is. I have not watched it yet, it but is the trailer so had me dying. It's I, ridiculous. They abducted I, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, it's <laughs> ridiculous. I, I, I've also watched it, and they address every bit of like what it would mean to abduct Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> That's outstanding. Yeah, but I, there's there's some real exposure for the Mantis character finally. I feel like, you know, they haven't uh they haven't given her much time and attention and she actually got some attention in this one in a way I didn't expect. <laughs> which is really interesting leaning into like right after that special the Guardians 3 trailer dropped, so I think that might be like a little strategic, like expect Mantis to be a bigger feature this right. time. Yeah, huh. it seemed like they were setting that up. Yeah, especially yeah. towards the end, there's uh, some significant movement with Mantis. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I was saving it for Christmas because we're going to do like a Christmas movie marathon. It, it, I it feel is like that's got to be in there. Oh, the, it's it's a really funny Christmas story. It's awesome. a great use of forty minutes. Absolutely, it, it, absolutely. <laughs> I didn't even realize it was that short. Yeah, it's only. Oh, a, it's, oh yeah, it's it, like the Grinch long. <laughs> yeah, it, that's great. It, it's a special. I'm it's super like, excited. Uh, I'm gonna knock this out real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah oh, the, nice. that's. I think that's maybe how a lot of Marvel needs to go from now on. Like, if we have all of these things that we want to do, just do specials for a while. Right. Yeah, that's a good idea. Right. Yeah. It's better than doing nine episodes of She-Hulk. <gasps> yeah. I can't keep up with the shows anymore. It, it still hurts me. <laughs> yeah. It still hurts me deep. Yeah, that's rough. All right, next bit of movie news. Jackie Chan has confirmed that there is a Rush Hour 4 in the works. Oh, yeah. I thought it was worth noting. Jackie Chan is still doing stunts, and he's 68 years mm-hmm. old. Harrison Ford laughs at him <laughs> while he crashes his airplane oh, into a, another bus. What a whippersnapper Jackie Chan still uh, is. Oh, the, we're, we're going to get to uh, jokes in uh, Harrison Ford here in a minute. <laughs> Good uh, God. I'm watching Rush Hour 4 if there's a Rush Hour 4. Oh, yeah. if, they make, 100%. if they make a fifth 100%. one. And if, I, like, I have to watch it. Yeah, I, I, I will watch every single one that they make until they stop making them. I don't care. Here's what I want. <laughs> Jackie Chan, we love you. Uh, may I make a humble request? You made two Shanghai movies. No. With Owen Wilson. No. Owen Wilson is... Don't you dare. ...having a very nice career revival on Loki. Please team up with Owen Wilson again. <laughs> and finish the trilogy of Shanghai. <laughs> Shanghai Noon, Shanghai Nights. Now we need something else. Shanghai days? <laughs> we need old man Logan, but Shanghai. <laughs> the gang actually goes to Shanghai this time. <laughs> uh, please, please, Jackie. <laughs> please make that movie. Thank you. Just put more. Just put Owen Wilson in more stuff. That's all. That's also, all, I, also that's acceptable. a bare minimum ask. Yes. <laughs> I think this is also very acceptable. Please do so. I, I mean, can we get more of him where he's actually playing a character as opposed to in the Loki show, him just being Owen Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> what more do you need from a man? Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. I can't believe wow. you, would, you would indict my acting like that. <laughs> what do you think of Luke Wilson? He's always Luke Wilson. I forgot he existed until you just said his name. His name actually reminded me of the show that he was in, Stargirl. 
He can stay there. (laughs) (laughs) How rude. (laughs) He was an idiocracy. I'm just saying. No one can take that away from him. It would be a great opportunity to do a sequel to Idiocracy right now. Yeah. Get Mike Judge on the phone. Let's make Idiocracy 2. No. It's the perfect time to do it. I don't want it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want the realization that we're actually moving towards that. We already got it with Don't Look Up. (sighs) Have you guys seen Don't Look Up? I have not. On Netflix? Holy shit. It hurts. It hurts. It's. I was dying laughing. (laughs) Dying laughing in that movie. But it hurts so much because it's so true and on the point. Oh, my God. If you set some time aside. Okay. Watch. Don't look. It's 100% your type of movie. I think you will love it. Interesting. It, it's not very often that Leo DiCaprio does a comedy. Yeah. It's but, really good. There's big like, names in it, too. Like, really big names. Going from The Wolf <clears throat> of Wall Street to something like Don't Look Up. That's wild. That tells you how good of a script it must have been when he put it on his desk. That Leonardo (laughs) DiCaprio (laughs) was like, yes. Well, it hits real close to home for him, right? (laughs) This is the thing he's all about now. Yeah, This is what he's about. He's all about environmentalism. Don't look up as right up his alley. Yeah. Yeah. Not not just environmentalism. (laughs) Politics. It's a little more. Survival of humanity. Elon Mm -hmm. Musk even. This is pre-Twitter purchase too. Like The the Twitter purchase just makes it even more accurate. (laughs) Please watch Don't Look Up. Anybody out there who, especially Americans, watch Don't Look Up on Netflix. Americans need to watch this more than literally anyone else. Oh, it's on Netflix now. Yeah. Has it always been? Yeah, it came out on Netflix. It's a Netflix movie. So good. So good. It's, okay. it's better than it should have uh, any it, right to be. It's gonna hurt. I'm I'm just telling mm. you right now, you're gonna feel some pain. That because, pain is mostly of... going to be cringe. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's on the nose. Yeah. And you're not gonna be cringing at any of yeah. the acting. You're gonna be cringing at how the story is it hits way closer to home than you would have expected or wanted it to. Mm. Oh boy. Yeah. But yeah. it's funny. Because we're dumb. <laughs> that movie has aged so well too. I'm just I'm now remembering like late scenes in that movie where like they try to get China and Russia to help and they completely <laughs> fuck it up. <laughs> oh no! Oh, it's so on the nose. It hurts. It was, they were so right. <laughs> we're all doomed. Yeah, uh, kinda. <laughs> oh man, the movie's so good. You gotta watch it. Yeah. Also, it, le- you, did you watch the? Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson and Joe Rogan episode recently. Not the recent one. I've heard some of their previous episodes. Watching that last episode that they did, like I, I you know, I respect them both. I love Neil deGrasse Tyson, but like their conversation, especially initially, where Joe was like super combative about some stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is don't look up. This is don't look up. <laughs> this is everybody's an expert. Oh, don't look God. up told me about this. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was this goddamn true. Mm-hmm. What is the certainty? 97%. <laughs> oh, so not 100. <laughs> it's 97% because there's maybe some room to change. God. Oh, it's so good. It, it hurts because it's it's the reality of the situation. Not oh. It's not just a commentary. It's not. It, this is a... This is a black mirror. We, no, it's just a mirror. <laughs> it's just a mirror. It's just a mirror. 
<laughs> I love that movie. I really do. Uh, we got our first images of Joker 2, Folle Adieu. Uh, it features a very skinny, uh, malnourished phoenix being shaved by asylum staff. It seems like he's being restrained. If the rumors are true and this is a musical, I have zero hope for this movie. I'm out. <laughs> I, I love the original. I don't need Lady Gaga in, as Harley Quinn in a sequel cash grab for this franchise. But what if it's good? If it's good. <laughs> I don't know what I'll do. I didn't have any hope for like the first Joker movie because it's a movie about the Joker without Batman. Well, here's the deal. They did such a good job with the first Joker movie. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to see the second one just out of respect for the first one. Yeah. I'm super worried. <laughs> incredibly worried that this is going to be a colossal fuck-up cash grab. <laughs> that will end both of their acting careers. However. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix has kind of been threatening to be on the way out for a while now. Seeing the images gives me hope. Because he's clearly invested enough to just do that horrible body I mean, destruction that him and other actors like Christian Bale have done. He commits 100% every 100%. time. So if this is like a dumbass musical <laughs> that makes no sense, I'm going to feel really bad for him because he probably took years off his life for this role. Probably. <laughs> and it's it, it's going to ruin the prestige of the first one and success of the first one. So uh, We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I have hope, but I'm worried. They haven't canceled that one. Speaking of canceled. (laughs) Excellent segue. (laughs) We have got official announcements that Wonder Woman 3 is officially canceled uh, following the leadership change with James Gunn and Peter Safran. It sounds like there was some butting of heads and uh, some declarations of death to the Snyderverse going on behind the scenes. And then it was more or less confirmed by James Gunn himself on Twitter, where he followed up and said, yes, there's some truth to this Hollywood Report story that came out, and there's also some changes that are on on the way, and then there's some things that are not quite true. There's more to this story. There sure is, because the alleged Michael Keaton Batman Beyond project, which is also in the works, has also been canceled and will not be seeing the light of day, which, interesting concept, but probably didn't need it, so I'm I'm cool with it. The report also alleges that Man of Steel 2 is also axed after making such a big deal after his cameo in Black Adam. It seems like the poor performance of Black Adam is partially to blame for this, but I think and all their dedication to creating a new 10-year timeline, which is what Peter Zaslav said his goal was when he hired James Gunn and Peter Safran to take over the reins. Moving on. Uh, They also talked about Aquaman 2 being the last Jason Momoa as Aquaman movie, and it sounds like there will be no sequel to Black Adam, uh, largely due to what we alluded to, the mediocre performance of the Black Adam movie at the box offices. However... There are clear rumors of Lobo being the new character that Jason Momoa will apparently play in the future of this new DCU universe. And it does seem like the plan is to complete the uh, Snyderverse, I guess, in essence, when the Blue Beetle movie comes out on August 18th of 2023. Have not gotten a trailer for Blue Beetle yet, but we did get a little uh, teaser promotional title screen. We'll see. I mean, the production looks pretty cool. The outfit looks spot on. 
It'll be cool to see Jaime Reyes, but uh, I, I don't want to see him in this universe. So If they just make it completely disconnected to anything, they can later connect it to the new universe in the second movie. Yeah. If they're smart. We will see. Doing cocaine comics. The problem with that is The Flash comes out in June. <laughs> so... <laughs> They would have to find a way to have this Flashpoint-esque event that restarts the whole universe, but also get Jaime Reyes in there somehow. Because you cannot... I I get it. Jaime Reyes is great. He's a great character. You can't start a universe with Jaime Reyes. He can't be your launch character. He can't be your Iron Man. I mean... Don't do it. <laughs> okay. This is going to sound a little shitty. Uh, there is a Blue Beetle that they could start the the universe with. Like the OG one? Ted Cord! Wow. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> look, It's a poor decision. Look, if we're going to try to uh, basically do Marvel 2.0 Electric Boogaloo, why not get this world's version of Iron Man? Electric Blue Glue. <laughs> no! You're welcome. You bastard. <laughs> That's a freebie. <laughs> You get one. <laughs> I still want a refund. <laughs> uh, next up on the news, we have an official announcement that The Mandalorian Season 3 will be coming on March 1st, 2023. So oh, yeah. I'm sure you guys are very excited, excited for about this. that. Yeah, big year for Star Wars between The Mandalorian and the Ahsoka series headed by Dave Filoni, which I'm super, super excited about. So. Did you watch Andor yet? I did watch Andor. I think Andor is probably the best thing Star Wars has done since wow. Empire Strikes Back. High praise. Uh, I think it's better than The Mandalorian, which is saying something, because I'm very high on The Mandalorian. Was it as um, good as Rogue One? I think it was I think it was better than Rogue One, too. Wow. I think it was better than Rogue uh, One. I'll have I, to watch I, it. I, it's actually just incredibly compelling drama that it, happens to take place within the Star Wars universe. It, it, and yeah, it really just washed a the really bad taste story. of Boba Fett out of my mouth. <laughs> 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 Which really, we really need. Needed. It was such a wonderful palate cleanser just to get, because <laughs> the book of Boba Fett was unfortunately disappointing uh it was not the worst thing that disney has done with star wars but it was disappointing and this was just this was absolutely fantastic i mean i i really had i would have no notes on what they could have done to do it better because it was that good wow uh, yeah it's shocking it's surprising that a character that they literally made up for a star wars prequel rogue one Manages to be the most compelling character that they have ever made. Oh, yes. Uh, I will say that the <laughs> character from uh, Jedi Fallen Order goes, like, right under. Then mm -hmm. Andor, he is everything that I think people wanted Han Solo to be. Mm -hmm. And has... <laughs> uh, he, he has no right... Being this good, and yet he is. Yeah, and no force, no lightsabers, you know, very little of that stuff. I mean, you just, you never even get the feeling that a Jedi is going to come in and interfere with things. And I think it's the first Star Wars production that has just had no 
force usage or Jedi involvement at all. Yeah. And it feels very refreshing. In <laughs> they didn't way. even have like the weird force priests like Rogue One did. No, they no. really they had not they had nothing in the way of force users. It was really just yeah, it was really just a, a, a shoot 'em up type yeah. adventure. And like it was no force totally users, new. no force believers yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, it yeah. was something totally new within mm. the 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 mythos of star wars and it was just it was so unbelievably well done very cool <laughs> moving on uh we did get an announcement that the flash is being moved up so it is coming faster <laughs> <laughs> god damn it i'll be here all week <laughs> Uh, the new release date is June 16th, 2023. It is likely doing this to avoid the Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny release date, which is concerning. If you are scared of Indiana Jones and the <laughs> Dial of Destiny, there's something wrong with your film. Oh, no. We we just want to do the time travel story first. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I don't know. I, for, it, for Harrison, for, for Harrison Ford's sanity, <laughs> I hope that the this last iteration of Indiana Jones is decent. You, I don't mean, think it's not going to be good. You, you mean for the sake of his new plane? <laughs> <laughs> he can't afford the parts anymore, man. <laughs> this, this movie needs to make some money. Uh, yeah, I. I'm worried about him. He had a lot yeah. of injuries during this movie. It took it took a long time to film because he yeah. kept doing his own stunts and that's, hurting himself. That's a consistent uh, theme with him now. That happened when he came back as Han Solo, too. He just kept breaking yeah. bones, and then they would have to halt production. Stop. <laughs> uh, we I, have stuntmen for a reason. You're uh, too old. I, I feel like... You would think insurance alone would tell him to stop. I feel like a lot of this movie is going to have other people with uh, his face just kind of digitally rendered on top. Yeah, it seems like they're doing the youngifying Disney technology that yeah. they used in some Star Wars products and other things. And like, there's only one reason we would feature Nazis again. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, they better not have old man Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, still fighting Nazis <laughs> in like the eighties. <laughs> uh, I mean. Do you know what the it, what the rumor is for this movie? Well, I assume it's time travel because that's the joke you made. So uh, it, yes, it, it's time travel. It, it's time travel that may or may not involve him deleting himself from time and featuring a replacement okay. Okay. like they tried to install in the fourth movie. Remember when they did aliens? <laughs> Yeah. Inspired. Yeah, Just... yeah, truly inspired. <laughs> the first movie was The Ark of the Covenant. You know, historical, riddled in religious lore. Mm -hmm. Temple of Doom, ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> we so, don't talk about Temple of Doom. I mean, it's... <laughs> but at least it wasn't aliens in time travel. It was weird, sacrificial, uh... sort of demon things. I don't know. I that, think aliens are still more feasible than what happened in Temple of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we had Last Crusade, which is great. Which is, you know, obviously talking about the Holy Grail and becoming immortal using the Holy Grail. Mm -hmm. Much like the supernatural properties of the Ark of the Covenant in the first movie. And Sean Connery. And Sean Connery. That always helps. Wonderful. Who was only 12 years older than him. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Hello, Papa. <laughs> Hello, Sean. <laughs> totally bought it. <laughs> and and then you have the 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 fourth movie, the Shia LaBeouf. And the aliens and the digital ants that eat everybody. It's just Shia spoof. And and now we got time travel because we have to find a way to make old man Indiana Jones fight Nazis again. We there's we have, no other way. We have to find a way to make uh, old man Indiana disappear. That's what we. That's what we're trying to do. <laughs> it's not even like subtle Nazis, like undercover Nazis that are, are just holdovers from World War II. No, they're fully dressed, full regalia, <laughs> legit it, Nazis. It's like, why are you this old and you're fighting people who are openly dressed? This is time travel. There is only one reason why they would be wearing this out in public it, again. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is if it's not, <laughs> we have a problem. Yeah, well, little do you know, he's just traveling back in time to Charlottesville. <laughs> <laughs> Get your tiki torch. <laughs> Somebody oh, fucking kill me right now. Uh, and then revive you... <laughs> me as soon as uh, Mandalorian like season four comes back. You have to watch Don't Look Up. <laughs> you have to watch. Oh it. no! <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, next in the news, Mike Flanagan and Tr- uh, Trevor Macy, uh, their interpret pictures uh, film company, has signed a new deal to develop Stephen King's The Dark Towers into a TV series. So we're gonna take another shot at it. Mm-hmm. This time, it will be a TV series instead of a Idris Elba-led movie. Uh, I mean, good for them. Any hope here? Um, I need to see a fucking trailer before I can say anything. Yeah, I think... Just, like, just seeing these plans. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Also, we've been working on the Dark Dark Tower as a movie or TV series for decades. Yeah. This thing has honestly done better as a comic book, which is surprising. Yeah, I mean... It's it's bonkers, so it kind of fits in comic book worlds. I mean, it's Wild West Lord of the Rings, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. With it. it <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, imagine there's a, a story that manages to connect all of Stephen King's books together. Mm. This is yeah. The Dark Tower. Interesting. Yeah. Next, we got a new Transformers Rise of the Beasts trailer, which is based on the uh, very popular digital Transformers show, Beast Wars. And it will be coming in 2023, though no specific release date has been announced. Have you guys seen this trailer? Or any of the stills from it? Uh, I have. And, you know, I remember watching Beast Wars back when it came out in, like, the late night, early, mid... I don't know what part. I of the feel like it was mid nineties. Yeah. yeah, it's like the beginning of doing like CGI cartoons. Yeah, like, right? it, was, it was my introduction to Transformers because obviously I wasn't around for the eighties version. Yeah, uh, with the Autobots and the, the trucks and cars. I did. I honestly did not even realize that they were originally trucks and jets and cars oh. and stuff until I was like well into my teenage years, <laughs> because <laughs> my only basis for Transformers was Beast Wars and the sequel to it, which is like the future. It, right leap they, that they did they keep making new iterations of these things yeah and you know what's weird is beast wars only worked because the original autobots weren't there and it took place in prehistoric times 
which makes this whole setup real fucking weird. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> I wasn't about it, I'm it, gonna be honest. It's like, if they were transforming, like, from shapes of cars before, and they're doing animals now, yeah. why didn't they do animals before? Yeah, it's weird if you even think 10 seconds about it, but I mean, it's, yeah. it's a franchise that was created to make toys. It was not meant to be this <laughs> be... deep dive in lore. <laughs> yeah. Diving yeah. philosophical treaties yeah. on the human condition. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, nature of war in general and why things like why like fighting in a war always just leads to more destruction and chaos. Yeah. Really loved uh, Beast Wars, the the animated show when I was a kid. I don't it, the CG looks horrible. It looks like dog shit now. It's like so I'm sure bad. I'm sure it doesn't look very good. <laughs> uh, uh, it would definitely need a reboot if it ever got re released. No, I'm talking about the show reboot. Oh, gotcha. Like there's a there's this Canadian uh, cartoon that took place inside someone's personal computer. <laughs> Where all of the programs and concepts of what happens in a computer were, like, anthropomorphized. Like, there's a, a character named Dodd and a villain named uh, Hexadecimal. Sounds uh, terrible. Yeah, I mean, it was Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Educational. Educational. Thank you. Yeah, let, let's go with that. Uh, but I, I feel like this... Uh, I have the same problem with this Transformers trailer and image as I do with all of the movies. They're way too busy. Like, the designs <laughs> are just... Too, why are you making it so complicated? <laughs> why are there, like, six different plates separating his eyeballs from his mouth and his nose and whatever? Just, just make a metal face and put some glowing eyes in it and let him talk. That's all you gotta do. Here's the thing with that. If you're already transforming parts that small, why not just go the nano machine route and make everything a lot more smooth? I don't know. Like, there's... <laughs> like what what rules are we following here? I just feel like <laughs> they have the money, so they're gonna spend it. <laughs> just, like, they don't make, really need to. Like, you know, making a bunch of nonsense internal machine organs that like, fit, like they. Yeah, I just, I, it's another, it's another one. Uh, another one. It's another one. They're gonna pay Michael Bay. It's the only thing he makes anymore. Just, I'm I guess. just curious who they're going to use as the like the human stand-in since they've gotten real yeah. used to having a a Shia LaBeouf or a, recently a Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, and like occasionally an Anthony Hopkins because he needs money. Well, I think the whole you know cartoon premise was you know they. The series was set up, they came in somewhat modern times and copied the technology we had. So jets, guns, you know, trucks, cars, those sorts of things. And then they introduced like this whole time travel aspect and then they were on a ship and then they crash landed on prehistoric earth. Right. And then they scanned the earth and they found all these prehistoric creatures like saber toothed tigers and dinosaurs and all I don't think these crossed over, but you know, <laughs> they were there for for the purposes of the toy selling. And they basically took on the forms of animals, which I thought was way cooler than the vehicles and the jets and stuff, personally. But I'm biased because it was my first iteration right. of any kind of transformer. But I, I love the toys. They just they're just awesome. And uh, then they had this whole weird thing where they time traveled again, and then they went to this future, this dopian future where Megatron and 
all the Decepticons basically won and took over the planet and built their own version of Cybertron on Earth. Yeah. And they were like three stowaways that somehow just got <laughs> launched into the middle of it. And they were still animals in this weird future. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Why? But they were like more robotic, I guess. Yeah. So none of it makes sense is my point. And uh, like we're, we're trying to sell toys here. I'm trying to make sense out of something that is senseless and I should stop. I won't. Speaking of senseless, we did get that official trailer for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Like I said, we were talking about, there's literal Nazis in it, like full regalia, old school Nazis. So I think the rumors of time travel are probably true. I don't want them to be true, but it's probably true. Yeah. I was hoping it would be more of like, uh, I'm remembering when I went on this adventure, you know, right. type, type of thing. But I don't think that's going that doesn't work. Like if there was a thing that would make even less sense, the greatest hits idea would probably be right up there yeah i don't have a lot of hope <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry harrison i don't have a lot of hope i know this is your favorite franchise but you there's two out of four good ones hey uh, you most likely already got paid harrison go fly a plane <laughs> <laughs> or don't we don't want you to die <laughs> Uh, next up, we got a new name for the Warner Media and Discover merger streaming app. It will be just simply called Max. You know, obviously taking from HBO Max because it will now merge the Discovery Plus content plus the HBO Max content. Uh, they are expected to copy more of the uh, Disney Plus style aspects where they have basically the different channels separated, different types of content, just like Disney Plus has the Marvel stuff and the Star Wars stuff. And then uh, I think they got their like uh, National Geographic stuff and, you know, how they separate. HBO Max sounds like it's going to do the same thing. Uh, it's also worth noting that they had previously announced via uh, David Zaslav that they're no longer going to be those day and date hbo max streaming releases with the theatrical release uh seems like that was just something they did during covid and now that they're not worried about you know people not going to the box office they're saying ah eh, i know you liked it but eh, yeah go no, to the we, theater pay us buddy yeah that was a that was a one and done yeah it was nice while you had it but you gotta go to the theater now yeah which eh, I'm i'm okay with did anyone actually have the discovery plus app I know anyone. I didn't. Uh, Verizon... I've never met anyone that had the Discovery Plus app. I, I, I don't know why you couldn't just absorb Discovery Plus and keep it calling it HBO Max. Yeah, right. They're definitely making this way too complicated. Yeah, and they're dragging their feet. Yeah. Discovery it's... Plus should just be a channel. Yeah, these on are not HBO Max. these are not equal footing entities that are coming together here. <laughs> Nobody has Discovery Plus. Everybody knows what HBO Max is, and yeah, I just. I mean, it's a minor thing, but you Google Max, you're going to get a lot of results. Yeah. It, it had a very distinctive name with the HBO Pornographic Max. results. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. You just Google Max. You're yeah. looking for Max. Your grandma's looking just for Max. Oh. You got to watch the show, Grandma. Go go look up Max. And oh, you will find boy. Skinner <laughs> Max just... must be a new series. Oh, you, know, no. you, you need a distinctive name for these things. You know, Hulu's distinctive Netflix, but Max? <laughs> well, I mean, if she was looking for some National Geographic content, <laughs> she's going to get it. <laughs> She sure is. The, the thing that's weirdest about that is that <laughs> I'm pretty sure the HBO part of the HBO Cinemax thing was far more prominent. Why are we calling this Max instead? True. 
Yeah, it seems weird. I don't like it, but yeah. uh, it's it's real dumb. I don't get paid millions and millions of dollars to make these decisions. So <laughs> it, it's like just call it HBO. Mm-hmm. That seems like uh, an easy enough option you, you would think or just go with the go mantra that everybody used hbo yeah. go which you've already done yeah you Bring god it back. damn it you already did it it's right there <laughs> it's right there it's you in your lap have it. it's like you already have that just do it again it's worth noting that zaslav comes from discovery mm. so oh i think he's, he's trying a, to carry that in i think he's a little biased and yeah. he's trying to keep a dying ship alive he and, and it's not thinking very clearly on this one. If you notice, like all the cuts they did with the tax write-offs, and just del- because they didn't want to pay royalties to the people who developed them and released them, yeah, until the end of time, <laughs> uh, you, yeah. you notice the majority of them were HBO products, Warner Brothers products, mm-hmm. not Discovery products, mm-hmm. which you would think are way less popular. So I think David Zaslav has some explaining to do. But yeah, yeah I think he just loves his baby, and he he would yeah. rather kill someone else's baby than kill his own. Naturally. And uh, speaking of Warner Brothers, uh, Warner Brothers is apparently in conflict with Netflix over the Sandman compensation and rights usage for season two. Uh, Neil Gaiman had come on social media and tried to calm fans, saying it won't affect the current production. Everything's already basically laid laid out and ready to go. But it is concerning. That with all this reworked material and the rebranding of the HBO Max to just Max, um, you kind of wonder if they're just trying to make everything come back in-house. They famously sold a bigger portion of their CW ownership, uh, the network, so it sounds like they're trying to kind of get out of that basket too and just make sure all of their content is basically on one streaming platform. Uh, I mean, that is the one thing that I think should have benefited DC and probably put them over Marvel is that they didn't sell off all of their shit. Yeah. But for some reason, Marvel is the one that's managed to like one make quality content. I don't know why the fuck DC can't do that, but uh, they made enough quality content to make enough money to buy most of their shit back. And for some reason, not only has DC not managed to do it, it seems like it's more Warner at large is for some reason able to make a bunch of content that just generally doesn't work and also still have enough of their cocaine money to <laughs> uh, buy other things into it like Discovery. Which is weird. It's weird mostly because, like you were saying, Dan, who the fuck is watching Discovery? <laughs> like at all. Yeah, I found out yesterday that Dirty Jobs is still on. I thought Dirty Jobs ended like 10 years ago. <laughs> like, who is watching Dirty Jobs in 2022? I have nothing against Dirty Jobs. It's a great show. It's a great host, but... It seems like that premise would get old yeah. after a season. <laughs> Eventually, you run out of dirty jobs. <laughs> there are only so many jobs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, even Mythbusters called it a day. Like, right. The most successful Discovery show of all time. Even they knew when to call it quits. Why is Mike Rowe still doing dirty jobs <laughs> in 2022? And that's the wild thing about Discovery, 
everything that you could watch on like a 20 to like 40 something minute long episode on Dirty Jobs, you could get in a snippet in like 10 minutes on YouTube. Yeah, pretty much. I'm pretty sure most people get that in 10 minute snippets on YouTube. Uh, Don't worry. You can watch uh, Ice Road Truckers. <laughs> and you can watch uh, Deadliest Catch, uh, 23rd edition. Her, you want that, right? I want you to edit in right here a clip of Elmo just being so confounded by Zoe the puppet saying the word, What? <laughs> Because, what? Yeah. No! I mean, <laughs> I'm not bagging on Discovery. They make good stuff. But who's watching it at this point? Nobody, nobody, who has cable? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, it, that seems like, it, it's Boomer Shows. Why? This is Boomer Shows on Boomer Tech for Boomers. But. Who what? the fuck is watching a doing? television show about, <laughs> oh, this truck might be going over the side of a cliff. Uh, Find out <laughs> next time. <laughs> Meanwhile, watch 12 ads for Hover Round. Oh, Hover no. Round. <laughs> I have freedom now. Hover Round. Yeah. Oh, that's I've the... fallen and I can't get up. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that's who funds that. <laughs> All right. We're we're done being bullies. It's no, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> we're done um, today. But ultimately, it's it's a little concerning because I really really like Sandman. Uh, we've talked about it at length. I I really enjoy that show. I think it's a really great adapta- adaptation of one of the greatest comic book runs of all time, and uh, in a way that I didn't expect to even be possible. I I do have my minor gripes with some of the changes they made, but. Ultimately, I think they did a wonderful job, and I, I would be really bummed if they don't get a chance to flesh this out even more, and they kill it. We we got to get at least a season two. And then, speaking of upcoming seasons, our last bit of TV movie news, Demon Slayer Season 3 has announced its release date of April 2023. How long has it been? Uh, it's been maybe, so the, the movie came out in 2020 and season two followed shortly after. I feel like it was late 2020, was early it 2021. Was it that long ago? Yeah. It we saw it, we saw it in theaters together. Yeah. Cause it was the pandemic year. It was, it was yeah. a top movie during the pandemic year. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that long ago. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen any of season two, mostly because it's locked behind like a crunchy roll paywall. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. Um, First season is. I think it's all right. I I wasn't super into it, but I I am like a huge fan. Demon Slayer was on Hulu, also. I don't know if it still is. Hmm. I would I would give that a check if you have Hulu. Yeah, that's how I watch most of my anime, but I I don't know if it's on Hulu or not. I will soon be watching season two. My wife just started Demon Slayer season one. She's getting caught up, and so once she gets to the Mugen Train movie, I will rewatch the movie with her. Then I'm going to watch all of season two because, yeah, like we had discussed previously off camera, I can't do weekly anime releases. I just I cannot wait seven days for twenty minutes of content. (laughs) I cannot do that. I mean, it already feels like I'm not getting enough with House of the Dragon which is an hour long, <laughs> and then I have to wait seven days, and I feel like it's not enough. So to sit there for 20 minutes, seven days, for 20... I don't know how 
the people that watched Attack on Titan from the beginning did this. Because every episode ends with a cliffhanger, every single one. And then you have, like, <laughs> the intro and the outro taking up at least five minutes of that 20 yeah. minutes. And they just get longer and longer. The more yeah. popular the show gets, they get longer and longer. Yeah. <laughs> you, that That's nothing. That's literally nothing. Do you know what One Piece is? Oh, yes. 400 and something episodes of <laughs> nonsense filler. That's like half of what's out right now. <laughs> Jesus. And the, the manga writer artist says he is 60% the way through his story. That's 60%. I don't get how people are fans of that show. <laughs> slash the manga. <laughs> it's garbage. And it's going to be garbage for another 40% of your time. Oh, and I, one correction, on Mugen Train did come out in 2021. I don't know why I thought it was 2020. Okay. So the movie that makes me feel better. I, uh, okay. I felt like I was already getting Alzheimer's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's already been that long. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, that, that came out in 2021. And I think the 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 follow-up to that, the season two, was like 2021 into 2022. Yeah. No. So yeah. Not, not that much time. All right. Hang on. Well, uh, I I know I haven't watched season two. You haven't watched season two. You, you hasn't, we just watched the movie last, right? Both right. Of us. Yeah, so. I watched a few episodes of season two, but I did not finish it because I couldn't do are the you, weekly thing. So I'm going to watch the whole thing. Are you so. avoiding the spoilers? Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess I am. I, I am. see a lot of memes and stuff. Thankfully, I don't have too much context, but I think I've avoided most spoilers. It's not high on my priority list. I know you guys both love it, but. Uh, I was yeah. a little underwhelmed by it. It's moved down mine a little bit as I've discovered more stuff myself. So There's more crying on that show and mm. in that movie than I've ever seen <laughs> in any anime ever. Yeah, the way there was just like 10 minutes of him screaming at crying. the top of his lungs for a guy he just met at the beginning of the train ride. <laughs> it, it was like, it was you, you know much. it wasn't your sister, right? It was <laughs> that dude you just met at the beginning of this train ride. It was a little much. <laughs> and you didn't see the entire train ride because he was in the back of the train uh -huh. like killing everything. Yeah. yeah. He didn't do anything until the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still bawling for twenty to ten to twenty minutes. Yeah, over this dude. That level of screaming should be like if Nezuko dies, then yeah. you should scream like that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's uh, a little much. Yeah, hey, Rengoku was much like a fire unto himself, uh, burn brightly, and then faded just as quickly. <laughs> I hate the fact that you just <laughs> recited part of the passage from the end of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say the Rengoku versus Akaza fight in general was, it was amazing. Fun. Fantastic. It was fun. Was amazing. Yeah. The music, the animation. See, amazing. that's that's the thing that hooks you. Is like the animation of the fight scenes. That's the stuff that's cool and fun and like, oh, okay, I guess I'll stick with this. Mm -hmm. And then they cry for six episodes. <laughs> I'm like, why, why are they doing this to me? <laughs> uh, well, I I have to watch season two if for no other reason than I have to see if they beat up anime Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is a strange villain. Well, he uh, he will get a little stranger at the beginning of season two, that I can tell you. It gets stranger than Michael Jackson look. Oh, oh uh, um, I hope this doesn't become like an Inuyasha thing. Who was the villain in Inuyasha? I can't even remember anymore. Uh, I know his name sounds uh, familiar or similar yeah. to one of the the characters that Inuyasha travels with. 
I think it's Naraku. Naraku. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. It's like the villain will never ever fucking get to. Yeah. And he was like, just like this weird, somewhat effeminate demon that would just like drop some poison. Most of the demons were effeminate some... demons. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Cause some shenanigans and then disappear. For 400 episodes. <laughs> Speaking of One Piece. Like, like that a series shadow was, in the fucking night. That series was so long <laughs> that they had to end it before they had an ending. <laughs> they didn't even have a final ending. And then they had to make a separate series that was just one season to give you an ending to that show that you watched for 400 episodes and then never got a finish to. That's how crazy Inuyasha was. Uh, yeah, straight up. It was good. But... Crazy. It is fucking. It was the never-ending story. Have you ever, have you watched the sequel series with their kids? Why the fuck would I watch the sequel <laughs> series with their kids? God damn it! Like I, I I punished myself with the Legend of Korra once. I don't. I'm not gonna do that again. Yeah, I've been punishing myself with Boruto. It's awful. How? Oh, it's awful. I don't know why I keep watching it. I'm so, I'm too loyal to the characters. You should value your time more. God damn it! It's awful. The animation's so bad. the The writing is terrible. They it, it's like ninety percent filler episodes too. It's if, so bad. If you're going to be watching children, it should be your own child, <sighs> not these made up children that don't serve any. It's so bad. <sighs> it's real bad. Yeah, don't do it. Don't, Just don't do it. Yeah. Not recommended. All right, that wraps up all of our movie and TV news for this week. So let's jump into a little bit of tech news. Um, famously, the chat GPT, which is a AI text response thread, conversational thread that you can uh, subscribe to and go and use. It's made by OpenAI. Mm-hmm. And uh, it works. It really works. Mm-hmm. And it's creepy. Uh, I post on my Facebook, I posted a bunch of things I asked it to do and posted some questions I asked it. I thought it was weird that it kept apologizing to me for things that it felt like it couldn't do or didn't explain very well. And I'm like, why are you apologizing? And then it went into this weird like diatribe about why it was apologizing and then apologized again. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird. I was trying to get around the programming because uh, apparently it's programmed to like not allow you to do things like generate like a lewd story or something like that. Uh, Anything that could be rendered, you know, potentially inappropriate or whatever. So I'm guessing they program like keywords and key mm. ideas that you can't do. And then I tried to get around it by asking it why it couldn't do these things. And then it explained to me that like, it, it is a limitation of my programming. And then I put like, what if I don't interpret blah, blah, blah as offensive or crude? And it says, unfortunately, due to my programming, I cannot blah, blah, blah around it. And like I had, I did this for hours last night, <laughs> like, legitimately oh hours. I did this for like four hours, just talking to this AI data bot that is on this platform. And I was asking it like really technical questions about like the speed of gravity versus the speed of light and why they're different. And like it was giving me solid answers. I would ask it some things and it would be like mostly correct, but like it might have like one thing in there and you can like tune it to be more creative. So you can, the tuning goes from zero to one. If you put it at zero, it's going to be as factual as it can possibly be. And it, it, it won't say anything or take any leaps of faith or do any interpretations but if you set it to one it'll go off the rails like (laughs) super creative outside the box thinking you know as outside the box as a robot can be basically at this point in time but it was really interesting and a lot of people are noticing that like you can have it write prompts and passages and reviews 
in the style of various writers and artists. And I posted, I used my army division, the 10th mountain division as a prompt subject. And then I had it make a prompt for various authors. So I had them do a J.R.R. Tolkien description of the 10th mountain division. And it talked about like, you know, this, this band of warriors up in the mountains and the hills, you know, fighting with their sharpened blades and axes to fight the evil that threatens our world. And like just went into this long elaborate thing. Right. And then I did one with Stephen King and it started talking about these uh these tribes of men in the in the mountains who were dedicated to each other but had to fight their inner demons and like went down this dark path and then I put a Larry David prompt in there. Oh no. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like totally worked. It talked about uh oh the tenth mountain division is this group of weird mountaineers and skiers but i don't get why skiing would be useful in war it seems a little silly to me i don't know <laughs> like it went to this whole like rant and i tried like a bunch of different people i did uh uh, uh rowling you know jk rowling yep jk rowling um I can't remember. I did. Uh, I had Neil deGrasse Tyson describe it, and it was very technical and talking about the the specific history of the division. And like some of it was obviously not correct. Like obviously, Tenth Mountain Division is not a a tribe of warriors hiding in the mountains, like <laughs> the J.R.R. Tolkien interpretation. But it was really interesting how creative it was. And a lot of people are bringing up concerns about this AI and a, another recent AI art bot which people can put in prompts and it generates various forms of art in whatever style you want it to depict in. And people are becoming concerned that, hey, this is going to replace artists and writers and it's going to plagiarize everybody, you know, and allow companies and individuals to plagiarize artists and writers and all of these different things. I'm sure there'll be a music bot at some point and people are just going to put in the style of blah, have some so-and-so create a, you know, rap song about blah 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 and then you can add more details if you want you can regenerate the prompt if you don't like it you can adjust the scale and regenerate the prompt if you think it's a little too conservative or not creative enough so it's it's crazy stuff and a lot of people are bringing up a lot of valid concerns like what's the limit of this you know how do we protect copyright in this type of environment where you can put you know create an image of a fat batman and they create an image of a fat Batman. And then you say, create an image of a fat Batman in the style of Rob Liefeld. And they put a Rob Liefeld style fat Batman. Uh, speaking of Rob Liefeld, there, I also read an article how uh, people were finding out that GPT thinks that Alan Moore and Rob Liefeld write exactly the same. Because you would you write put it in the style of either uh, yeah. either writer and they, it would generate essentially the same exact prompt that's funny <laughs> so there was some interesting uh discoveries in there <laughs> if you go on uh some social medias like twitter especially it's all over twitter because that's where all the computer nerds are right now with yeah. uh, their patron saint elon musk in there <laughs> but like the the prompts that are coming out from some of these programmers are crazy like i i'm, I'm aware of some code like i know how to do c plus and java from college when i was doing electrical engineering and uh, I asked it, you know, what script do you use? What code do you use to generate your prompts and your ideas? And it explained to me, I use basically all of them in different forms and fashions, depending on what the task implies. And like that, that's a, a new level of flexibility that you would never imagine. Because most AIs depend on one specific language, coding language, and one specific 
set of technical limitations you know for java it's you know it has issues and bugs with pointers c++, c++ also has uh, some issues with pointers but it's far more uh i guess and you can do a lot more with c++ safely without crashing your system <laughs> you can get a little more yeah. risky with it because it has so many possibilities but you can also get burned by it just as much so like if you have the ability to work around these, like, ah, oh, this task isn't very good for Java, so I'll jump to Python. Like, that's a new level of creativity and interest and intrigue that you're going to get out of AI. And I've I've sent you pictures of, like, the real bots, where they have, like, very human faces and very human interactions. Yeah. Like, we're getting to a point where we're going to have fully intelligent, possibly self-aware AI potentially inhabiting a body able to not only do like manual labor for us but also do creative labor in terms of writing art music etc what do you guys think of this do you have any thoughts on this or what what do you think if anything should be done or should it just be let to continue and develop and do whatever it needs to do do you think artists and you know, should be compensated when somebody uses one of these machines to generate something in their style or from their property. I, I mean, he, here's the thing with that. My argument against paying artists for uh, AI produced art or producing something in the style of someone else's art is that most people who produce art by hand are usually doing it with the inspiration or doing it in the style of someone else. That robot's just doing by itself what human brains are doing. Uh, definitely not as well or definitely in a far more creepy fashion. Um, humans have been doing that already. For like a long, long time. And it would be more than difficult to try to sue an AI, let alone the company who generated the AI, mm -hmm. because it, it would be far easier to argue the differences between the AI and the original product than it would be to argue the differences between someone's rendition by hand of an art piece that already exists. Yeah, there's a... Another wrinkle in this that I, I read, I just now remembered it with you talking about copyright issues. Yeah. A lot of comic book artists that I follow on Twitter, um, they were talking about how frustrated they were with, um, uh, what's the, what's that famous art site that everybody does? And it's, it's usually like, it's not always, but it, it got popular because of the lewd fan oh. art. What was it called? I can't think of it. I, pretty sure i know what you're talking about yeah for for whatever reason my brain's not working we've been recording for almost four hours but <laughs> yeah um, there's a very famous uh art website that a lot of people use especially for like their free comics and stuff that they eventually make into volumes step and sajic is one that i know for sure has yeah. had concerns and complaints on that and pulled his art off of this website and put it on a new website because apparently some of these ais are literally pulling data from these social websites and pulling images and pulling art from those websites and then sampling it and using it in their generated content. Yeah. And so of course artists are like, well, this is my livelihood. I got to 
take this off that you know i didn't consent to this and right so there's a lot of consent issues there's a lot of background data issues um chat gpt for example it pulls prompts off of social media it pulls prompts off of public articles wikipedia uh any kind of text or literature you can imagine that's connected to the internet in any way shape or form whatever the programmers have already taught it which obviously there's a limitation to that too but it, it's astounding how deep the well goes and a lot of programmers on twitter have been breaking down like how far the the the, the ai can go how deep it can dig into pri- kind of private important data that you might want to be concerned about you know now kudos to the the programmers they seem to have like made it so you can't do specific things like you know steal somebody's social security number but who's to say somebody else won't come along and develop that and do it themselves you know what i'm saying there's there's some concerns it is really cool though it's really fun it's really exciting i think this is one of the most exciting times ever to live like i it's incredible mm. what technology and AI can do right now. Okay. Uh, technology is great. It's made life far easier than any of our ancestors could have possibly predicted. But I might be going the Dune route on this one. There is a there is an axiom that is professed in the Book of Dune from a sect of people that exist in that universe called the Orange Catholics. Uh, That axiom is, or not axiom, it's a commandment. Uh, Thou shalt not build, uh, thou shalt not build a machine in the likeness of a man's mind. The reason why they say not to do that in that book is because, well, they did that once and things went horribly off the rails Skynet style, mm-hmm. and they never wanted to go back to that again. So they did that, and thus people slowly progressed and evolved to the point where uh, simple computing wasn't even needed anymore. People became no. calculators. No. Um, in much that same vein... It's going to seem real cool for a while to watch all of these machines just do all of this shit for us uh, at first by our command, but then later on on their own. But all it takes is one self-aware robot to completely turn all of this shit on its head. And for all of us who will slowly become more and more dependent on these machines uh, to... Basically, it. we've seen Terminator. We've seen Terminator 2. We've seen any sci-fi movie that has involved a thinking machine address the danger of what having a self-thinking machine means. I would say don't do it. I would say there needs to be... Humanity needs to know where the line is. We need to figure out where that line is and draw it and make sure we don't cross that line. Or at least we wait a very long time before we cross that line. Because right now, humans as we are right now, if machines became any 
anywhere close to as dangerous as they are in our uh most wildly riveting sci-fi movies and books and whatnot. It wouldn't take them much to get rid of us. Yeah, I think aggressive legislative action may be the first course here because yeah. I think even if we're not going to that extreme, just to be talking about the potential for this kind of AI to just have the ability to cause the extinction of the creative class in humanity. I mean, mm -hmm. that would be so disastrous by itself, regardless of the existential question. I mean, you just can't have, you know, human creativity becoming obsolete. I mean, no. that and that alone is catastrophic to the point that, you know, you want to risk being the person that wants to ban the sale of milk in grocery stores to save the job of the milkman. <laughs> I mean, at the risk of being that guy, yeah. uh, right. I think that's probably the side I'd rather fall on than the side that's willing to risk, essentially, the extinction of human creativity. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and... that's the... I think that's the other, like, really big thing about, like, AI and automation just in general, is that our entire economy is based on goods being exchanged for services rendered. If those services are being more and more done for free at the expense and work of a robot, what happens to everyone who was relying on those jobs? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like that that would be honestly the the inciting incident for completely changing how the economy works at all. Yeah, and where are you going to sell these creative works to if nobody has a job anymore? Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, right. this is this is well, destabilization on a societal level. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of that, that weird balance you have to strike with that kind of utopian outlook with AI and computers. Because certainly if they can generate a, a prompt in the creative style of so-and-so, they can certainly do my job, which is a logistics planner and plan trucks and routes and you look at the the newest tesla reveal they revealed their tesla semi which is about to go on sale it can go 500 miles on a single charge it, it most certainly has the self-automated hardware built or software built into it they just did their latest update which is the most advanced self-driving function yet to date of any vehicle and they're not the only ones doing self-driving vehicles so you'd imagine all of those jobs in that chain go away at some point the planning of it can be done by an ai and obviously done at the most efficient rate and cost the truck itself can drive itself you know obviously right now we have humans monitoring it because we don't trust the technology quite enough but they can already go 500 miles on their own with no human guidance and and you're talking taxi services logistics food transport factories all the stuff that can be done by robots and or ai and we always kind of heralded the creative aspect of intelligence as human, as our own. The thing that makes us so unique and so precious to the survival of the Earth and the understanding of the universe as a whole that we're so unique in that aspect. Well, now we're seeing the, the beginnings of that being taken away. Our, right. one, our one saving grace is our ability to be creative in the pursuit of creation. And... Uh, and creating these advanced AIs that can basically do the same thing as us, granted with a database of our information and our talent and, you know, things that we created previously, it's not going to, it's not going to be that much longer before they can do it themselves and then use themselves as their own reciprocal database of creativity 
and think of things that we never would have thought of and be probably even better than we are. And at that point, it becomes a really profound existential question. You know, if there is no job and we're living in some society where everything's basically taken care of for us and all of our creative endeavors are pointless because a robot's already doing it and doing it better than we could or ever could. What's the point of life? Like at that point, what is your goal other than to reproduce and eat? Right. At what point do you say, what is the point of all of this? What, you know, because we've created this thing that does everything for us. It protects us from asteroid impacts with satellites and, you know, different endeavors, creative infrastructure and engineering it's making everything better on its own than we ever could you know here's the we're going to reach that point sooner than we think here's the the end point where this is logically going to come to is when ai gets to a point where it can think for itself and consider the jobs that it is tasked with at what point does it start to see humanity as an obstacle to the tasks to which it's designed? Yeah, and I think, thankfully, up to this point, everybody's been smart enough to make it not allow action against human. Right. You know, you, you can't harm a human. It's programmed, it's hardwired into the programming. You can't harm a human. Can't, in this case, with chat GPT, you can't, like talk about you know human trafficking or you know right can't describe like rape or something you know violence that sort of thing like i even asked it you know who was going to win the war between ukraine and russia and it said well i cannot speak about you know conflicts and predict outcomes of conflicts because uh, it was always best to not have conflict and blah 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 yeah. like it's hard programmed into the, the 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 ai to not seek conflict not seek any kind of potentially deadly conflicts but to your point uh i i just wonder you know at what point do we either integrate or just become completely obsolete and you know we it, people don't have purpose if they're not creative like whether right. it's doing something in your woodworking shop or doing something creative for your kids or thinking of some uh, nice thing to do for your lover or, or you know, like, playing an instrument or right. doing your, you know, your, your performances and your voice acting and, the, you or know, you're like playing a game even. Yeah, yeah. E- even like bodybuilding and stuff like that. If you can just take a, a drug that was synth- synthetically developed by a robot and you, you're, you've been genetically programmed to be the perfect athlete athlete before you were even born because of, you know, right. CRISPR and those types of technologies. At what point do you lose things to pursue? <laughs> you know? like, and uh, you just become dead weight. Yeah. Like bodybuilding for a robot would just be them redesigning themselves mm-hmm. until they can achieve said task. Yeah. Like art being created by AI would be them like seeing how lines are drawn and understanding like maybe an algorithm of beauty yeah and then you know putting that to paper or a digitally created image or whatnot uh it's crazy stuff like at at some point all it takes is one person to encode into a system 
that, hey, truck driving robot, you know you would get faster if these other cars weren't on the road, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty much where we're going to, you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, if you remember in uh, Old Man Logan, they have the self-driving trucks in that movie, and he almost crashes because the, the AI is like, just yeah. programmed to run with other AI trucks. And yeah. he's just this one weirdo <laughs> driving like, a limo. Like AI uh, travel bots, AI farming bots that were also in the, the Logan movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, we're heading there quick. Uh, Elon Musk, you know, he he also did a, a presentation not only on the their their Tesla Semi, they also did a Neuralink demonstration, where, which is the implant that they're putting in you, to your brain, because he fully believes that we're going to become integrated with this technology, and the AI is just going to become part of us, like our cell phones are part of us right now, you know. But it it will literally be built into us, and he's it's like a nickel sized chip basically that they drill a tiny tiny hole into your skull and a robot because a human's hands aren't precise enough a robot scans your brain for any kind of veins or arteries that could potentially rupture and implants these very tiny 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 copper diodes into your brain uh, on these different wires and by doing that it can trigger different parts of your brain to do different things they're going to use it for medical use initially but his full intention is to use it for integration with the internet integration with i'm sure ais will be in the the near future probably within our lifetimes and uh then you start kind of going the borg route you yeah know? i was just gonna say yeah, we will hive be assimilated mind, apparently yeah hive mind <laughs> borg route and then the demonstration they had a an, an ape i don't remember what kind it was i think it was a baboon or something but mm-hmm. the ape was playing a video game with with the implant not with its hands not with its eyes it was just using the implant signal to its brain to play this video game that would like basically use the little cursor and follow around the prompt and click what it told it to prompt to, to click and then if it won the game it would get rewarded with a banana smoothie you know and they were showing this thing fully implanted fully mm-hmm. safe fully working already mm-hmm. all right it's not even a finished product yet and it's already working with an ape it's not even the complexity of a human brain or human thought. It's already working as a cursor. Could you imagine if you didn't have to type anything anymore? You didn't have to use a mouse anymore. You could just think it. And you could have a whole generated prop just narrating to yourself in your head. We're there already. We're already at that point. Now it's just taking the next step <laughs> and getting through the FDA and making sure it's safe. Right. Like, that's... that's... We're there. Mm. There's a problem with that. And it's going to go real fast. And uh, to Elon's credit, he publicly advocates for legislation restricting AI to a certain point. And it's it's weird, though, because it's like you have to find that really tough balance where you're not inhibiting innovation and things that could genuinely do great things for humanity and possibly save humanity from itself. Mm-hmm. And then also not allow it to basically make humanity completely defunct and destroy ourselves you know and it's i think it's going to end up being somewhere in the middle where it's like a forced evolution where we we just have to at some point you're going to be at such a disadvantage by not integrating with it that you just have to participate and it'll be normal just like kids with cell phones now like growing up we didn't have cell phones you know it wasn't until we were teenagers i imagine for all three of us right right that we had our first flip phone or nokia phone or whatever you know and 
at the time we couldn't we probably couldn't even imagine like the iphone which was basically a supercomputer in our hand and that came out what 2013 or something like uh, i was an adult (laughs) when that came out you know i think there's going to be a huge problem with that and probably some backlash uh at that point yeah uh mostly because as it stands right now there's already a monetary class divide and the second that something like that becomes like a a new chic thing to do that level of self augmentation yeah there's going to be most likely a very similar divide between the peoples like the those with and those without yeah no it's just like the designer children concerns with genetics right and crispr right. like we're concerned about people designing their kids to have specific features and no disease whatsoever and no genetic variability because they want the stereotypical perfect human you know right or at least the building blocks of a perfect human you know before it enters the environment and because we've definitely lived long enough to know that that doesn't have any problems down the road (laughs) at all well i think (laughs) along all of these lines of thought and feel free to pop in dan um I think the biggest problem is the security of all of these things. And I'm not talking like Skynet nuking everybody levels of security. I think we're well away from that. I think the bigger for now, for now (laughs) that could very much change. Uh, Yeah. The, the play horizon zero dawn. I'm telling you, Oh, you're going to have some (laughs) profound thoughts playing that game. I'm telling you, I promise you. Um, I, I I worry that like with CRISPR and designer children, the unforeseen consequence that most people don't think about is the lack of diversity in the human population. And our our diversity and our ability to to adapt is the reason why we've been so successful and why we're still on this planet. You know, hundreds of thousands of years later. Yeah, it's because we've been able to adapt and we have so much di- genetic diversity in the world that we can survive things like the plague. You know, oh, if we right. did not have genetic diversity, the plague would have killed everyone. You know, we talk about like the Cavendish banana starting to go extinct because there's not genetic diversity in the population. One fungus came along and is completely killing the whole population of Cavendish banana. And now the Cavendish probably won't exist in the next 50 years unless dramatic action is taken. Right. Humanity doesn't have that problem currently. Because they have the ability to carry these recessive alleles like sickle cell, for example. Sickle cell protects people from malaria. If you get malaria and you have one copy of the sickle cell, you won't develop sickle cell, but you'll still have some traits of sickle cell that will protect you from malaria. Uh, another example is APOE4, the, the gene that people talk about late, late-term Alzheimer's with. I have one copy of that allele. But the reason that... that allele exists in the population is because it's protected from disease specifically viruses and parasites and so right. it's really common in northern european people particularly like people descended from vikings and people in northwest uh europe because they all had parasites from eating rotten food and stuff in the winter yeah you know and they had to live off that and it's like (laughs) exposure to that instead of dying a horrible death from parasites you just lived with it and you kind of like cohabited because you had these protective genes but you know long after you were past reproductive age into your 60s 70s 80s so on uh you would develop alzheimer's and probably die yeah that was the trade-off but (laughs) 
it was protective in the grand scheme of things. And if you didn't have that, that population probably would have died out from parasites and viruses and disease that they otherwise didn't. didn't. So those are just a few examples of like the hidden diversity in our population. There's stuff that we probably don't even know about yet in our populations that we think is a bad thing that we want to eliminate, but is actually protective of the human race as a whole from extinction. Right. And and that's it, going to be true with technology, true. Yeah. If you have this thing implanted in your brain, it just takes one rogue AI or, <laughs> or one bad actor to yeah. send a bad signal to that, that chip and fry your brain and kill you. Yeah, that, like it, that's the, the and biggest this, worry about that is that yeah. like if people remember the end of the movie The Kingsman... That movie ends because, like, someone had managed to, instead of implant a bunch of, like, AI, like, chips or designer chips in, into, like, a part of their brain, yeah. it was a specialized cell phone that they had, which, you know, because of the sense of that movie, it was much easier to get everybody to get this specific phone yeah. than it would have been to get them to, like, designer chip their brain. <laughs> And it still managed to blow up all of their heads anyway. Yeah. Uh, if it was easy enough to do that in that kind of story with a phone, imagine how much easier, how much more vulnerable people would be if they thought, oh, I'm just getting this to uh, maybe correct some issues that I have neurologically. Yeah. Or <laughs> maybe I just want to, you know, enhance my performance in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Uh, that is, that's the danger. The, like, And here's another danger sociologically. If we are basically designing or uh, designing our way out of having to do things that are, while strenuous, <clears throat> beneficial for the body, like at what, at what point... Does personal modification stop? And there because you go. Cyberpunk 2077. Cyberpunk 2077. That is how it starts. If you can augment your brain and fix that, why not replace the fingers that I lost? Why not improve the knee that's going bad? Mm-hmm. Why not uh, improve the metabolism? Like, if someone invented a device that jumpstarts metabolism... Mm. That person would be a trillionaire overnight. The richest person of all time. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Target. But yeah, the metabolism thing already exists. Yep. Like the... It's called semi-glutide. It's what Elon Musk took to lose weight after people were trolling him because he looked like a big box because of how fat he was <laughs> on his yacht. So yeah, so it's basically a, a type 2 diabetes medication that if you take a high enough dose, which is more than the diabetes amount... It makes it so it basically eliminates your hunger, and it also gives you a certain amount of insulin resistance, so you start absorbing insulin again. It, it, it's and, literally something designed yeah. to it increase your metabolism yeah. and balance you out. It basically tricks you, your brain into starving you. That's, it's, it's currently going like full trials to make sure it's not going to eventually kill you if you keep doing it, but... Uh, it's being tested already by everybody in New it, Zealand like, and Australia. It's already being prescribed for weight loss purposes. The Elon Musk is already basically acting as a guinea pig. Yeah. Given that uh, I'm assuming semi-glutide hasn't 
existed for more than a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, we keep talking about Elon Musk. He said he would be the first, he would be 100% willing to do the Neuralink, the brain chip right away with the first iteration once everything's finalized. Of and, course he would. You and, have to show you believe in your own fucking product. Yeah. And he, he was obviously on board to do the semaglutide GLP-1 inhibitor agonist for the weight loss. Yeah. Uh, the type 2 diabetes medication. And then he said he wasn't willing to be one of the people that settles on Mars. Of After saying the... the Oh, I have this really good idea for yeah. how to like make Mars inhabitable. Yeah, it would be by warming up the climate with the nukes that we've nukes got. The, nuke the polar caps. Yeah, <laughs> nuke the polar caps, motherfucker. That doesn't address the distance from the sun that the planet is. <laughs> God, or the food or the oxygen. But uh, yeah, yeah. it's like he, he's, he's trying to he's trying to spark an atmosphere. But I don't I don't think he I think he realized he was it, right. It wouldn't work. But I, I don't think he yeah. uh, he. Took into account the heat, but he didn't take into account the magnetism or the magnetosphere yeah. needed. But famously, SpaceX already has like a bunch of volunteers for the the first attempt at a Mars space colony, and they very much know that they cannot come back. They probably will not have the ability to come back within their lifetime because it's a one way trip to set a colony, and then eventually they'll establish some kind of way to go back and forth. But the fact that he says he's not willing to go <laughs> when, he, when he is willing to ride in a self-driving car 24 hours a day and put a chip directly into his brain that could, I would assume, potentially be hacked or malfunctioned. Like, uh, he's more willing to do that than he's willing to travel on his spaceships to uh, Mars. Uh, that That's a little concerning. Uh, I, okay. Uh, I'm not I, getting on that spaceship. <laughs> okay, I, if Elon's I, not, I'm uh, not, I will talk shit about Elon all day. He does have kids. Yeah, he has yeah. a lot of them. A yeah, whole I, lot of them. I'm assuming if he didn't have kids, specifically ones that he cared about, including ex Asha twelve. <laughs> um. I would assume that if he didn't have those kids, he'd be more willing to do it. But since yeah. he's a dad, I will give him this pass. Mm -hmm. If he didn't have kids, I'd say, oh, that motherfucker thinks that thing's going to blow up. I think he's <laughs> seen enough rockets blow up to know <laughs> that that motherfucker might blow up. I, I mean, I would say until <clears throat> space travel... Or the ability to exit the planet's atmosphere is innovated on. I until then, I'd say Mars is a no go. I mean, they just completed another route around the moon. Did you see that? Just came back. Are we still using fire propulsion? Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> hydrogen. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I think controlled explosions. It controlled explosions in one direction. Uh, I would say until we can find a way to get off of the planet. Without having to fire ourselves out in a rocket. Uh, well, there's another... Uh, it's funny you bring this up. Mm -hmm. There's another satellite company. Um, I just saw... Uh, what's the PBS show? Nova? Seth? Yeah. I watched a, a Nova documentary about them. Uh, they basically got a contract from the government to basically supply the space station. And what they do is they have this big underground... I don't know what to call it, but this giant spinning arm, basically, that, that goes underground. Mm -hmm. And then they, they basically launch a torpedo of supplies with 
basically the ability to turn it into a drone, and they just spin it as fast as they can, no rocketry required, until it's fast enough to get out of Earth's orbit. What? And throw it, literally throw it mechanically up into the air and into the atmosphere. It's insane. Now, it's important to note, like, the space station is still technically in Earth's atmosphere. You yeah, know, if that, you look at, like, the different spheres around the Earth, like, right. it's uh, not that far, but it's like you, <laughs> that's crazy. You mean to tell me we've designed something that can generate enough... A centrifugal force, uh, Thor's hammer style. Yes, that one, we could just yes. throw that shit. <laughs> <laughs> they just completed testing of it. I think they're about to start actually using it for resupply and stuff like that, because it's much cheaper than a combustion rocket and much safer probably than a combustion rocket. But you uh, couldn't put an organism in it because their brains would splatter against the inside of their skull uh, with that much g-force. Uh, okay, I, I take it all back about the, the human body being important. If I can redesign my body to withstand uh, throwing myself up into the air Thor style, I'll, <laughs> let's fucking go. <laughs> Just like so, yeah. Uh, I think we've touched enough on it. We've yep. rammed it enough. But yeah, speaking of uh, a comic book character, we have some comic news. Yeah, so apparently a lot of comic creators were uh, claiming publishers are not paying their dues and their royalties. Um, I, there were several examples. I won't name names, but if you search it on Twitter, you're going to find a ton of them where they were taking screenshots of their payments. And it would be like, you know, 3000 something dollars in royalties. And then they would take basically all of it out for like shipping, manufacturing, blah, blah, blah. Ooh. And then the royalty was like five cents. Oh. I'm not exaggerating. Uh, and it was really gross and a, like, this is coming to head very quickly. I think a lot of people were keeping quiet because they simply had to, to keep their job. <laughs> but apparently Valiant in particular has not been paying their, their bills, so to speak, or have been finding ways to get out of paying their royalties and their, their contributions from artists. So, I mean, if you're not, <laughs> if you're working for a company that literally isn't paying you, would that technically be slave labor? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean the, the, the textbook definition of slave labor. Kind of feels like it. Kind of feel, I mean, you're not literally a slave. You still go to your own house and hang out with your own kids and go to the movies. But uh, Are you working for free? Yes. <laughs> you got five cents. Why are you complaining? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but yeah, it was really gross. Uh, it, I highly recommend anybody who cares about your artists and artisans who uh, we were just talking about with chat GPT and uh, AI imagery taking over creative works. Well, you know, there's, yeah. there's concerns. <laughs> I, I mean, if you... If you want to have your comics made by real comic artists, you got to support your comic artists. And by doing that, I suggest supporting your local comic book shops. Speaking of supporting your local comic book shops, uh, there's a lot of interesting number ones coming out uh, this week, uh, yeah. this coming Wednesday. So I figured it would be nice if we just call them out so you can go check them out. Uh, we have Assassin's Apprentice number one coming out for Dark Horse Comics. Until recently, Fitz was only known as a boy. The bastard illegitimate son of a powerful noble, Fitz is taken by his uncle, Prince Verity, uh, who prepares the boy for a journey to the capital to meet his royal grandfather. But Fitz is not a normal child. An ancient power stirs inside him something that will change the destiny of the six duchies forever. 
next we got uh, Darkland number one. This one coming from Scout Comics. In the 24th century, a young girl named Rose finds a haven in an abandoned mall. When she is inadvertently thrust into the deadly remnants of America, Rose must learn to adapt if she wants to survive. Following closely in her wake is Zed, a notorious bounty hunter. With the odds stacked against her, will Rose make it? Uh, next, we have Grim Space number one coming from uh, Grim, blah, 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 Scout Comics. The perfect matchup of mashup of sci-fi and classic fairy tales has arrived. Grim Space tackles Jack and the Beanstalk with its debut issue. As a mechanic named Jack is forced to sell a broken robot at a space bazaar, instead the young mechanic trades it for a mysterious navigation unit with stair charts to deep unknown space. Jack hopes the nav unit will bring him opportunity, but he and his fellow shipmates find trouble of gigantic proportions. Note, covers A and B, connect. So there you go. Got some cool covers with it. Very collectible. Um, This one's a big one. Uh, there's kind of a revival by Disney of the Gargoyles franchise. Oh. A beloved Disney show. Uh, and this includes a new comic from Dynamite Comics, Gargoyles number one. All new ongoing series in continuity with the epic Gargoyles television classic. 1,000 years ago, superstition and sword ruled. It was a time of darkness. It was a world of fear. It was the age of the Gargoyles. Stone by day, warriors by night. They were portrayed by the humans and they, they had sworn to protect. Frozen in stone by a magic spell for a thousand years. Now here in Manhattan, the spell is broken, and they live again. They are the defenders of the night. They are gargoyles. And then it talks about the creators, blah, blah, blah. So that's good. They have a lot of variants for these number ones, of course. And uh, as most people know, number ones are usually the most valuable of any given comic, if it's especially if it's a brand new series. So Yeah, jump uh, on it now. Highly collectible and very much a reason to go support your local comic book shops. Uh, the next one we have is Nightclub number one, the latest iteration from Mark Millar and uh, Juan Ramirez as the art. Um, this is famously a series that will go back to the old school pricing of a dollar ninety nine, and then it says very blatantly, "Take that, Marvel and DC." <laughs> yeah, take that. So very cool. Uh, comics need to be cheaper. It's just. They're, they really are too expensive for how much content you yeah. get. It, and if I get, you want to push more of them being sold, you got to meet the people where they're at. And that means somehow you got to bring down margin or uh, the cost of creating these things, shipping these things. And I get that's a big challenge. But somehow Mark Millar has found a way to do it. Hopefully he's doing it in a way that still retains some kind of profit that can be paid off in royalties to his uh, fellow artists. Yeah. But very intriguing. Hope this works out. You're 17 years old, and you've been bitten by a vampire. Do you live in the shadows and drink human blood, or do you use your newfound gifts for the dream-costumed superhero life you've always wanted? You're bulletproof, you can crawl up walls, and you can turn into mist, bats, or even a wolf. Why not have a little fun? Okay, the, there's superhero, and then there's, like, luchador. I, I think the <laughs> these costumes lean a little bit towards... Uh, uh, street luchador it's an englishman writing about vampire luchadors and yet it, that vampire looks like she's about to hit the 619 right <laughs> <laughs> all right great and then uh the last number one i'll bring up is vicious cycle number one this one looks really cool vicious I, circle what did i say 
Cycle. Oh, my bad. Vicious Circle, number one. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. This one coming from Boom Studios. Uh, this is intended for mature audience, so children beware. Um, Sean Thacker is a trained assassin from the future who seeks revenge on the only other man with his affliction. Each life they take forces them both to travel between vastly different past and future eras. Spanning from 22nd century Tokyo to 1950s New Orleans to the Cretaceous era and beyond, the two mortal rivals are locked in a battle of wills that spans millions of years, all to alter the course of history. With each time period, Leigh Bermeo adjusts his artistic style, blah, 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 blah. Okay, art. Ignore that. Just uh, hype for the artist. Really cool stuff coming out of these uh, various comic companies. Good to see new stuff always. And then that brings us to our prestigious, nay, life-changing award of comic cover of the week. Ooh. This week, I'm a little tortured. I need you to help me choose title A, title B, or title C. Or if you're feeling frisky, title D. Mm, I feel like those last three rely on me being frisky. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing wrong with some lewd boy content. Mm. I could have put dynamite all over this. I'm sure you could have. I didn't, though. Red Sonja had some hot, hot covers. Okay. Uh, Yeah, and so it is boundless. (laughs) (laughs) If you would like to send Emery your lewd boy fan art, please email us at hitthebooksviz at gmail.com. Thank you. Please don't! By the way, somebody has used our hitthebooksviz at gmail.com email address to sign us up for, like, credit card requests or something. What? Because I have suddenly been bombarded in our, our, our podcast account by ads for credit cards that I've never seen until this week. Oh, my God. I have no idea what's going on. That's so strange. But I think somebody might be trolling us. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I'm going to say Ice Cream Man. Final answer? Yeah. What say you, Dan? Yeah, I think Ice Cream Man looks pretty cool. Well, there you have it. Ice Cream Man number 33 from Image Comics. This is the Lyman variant done by Jason Lyman. Um Ice Cream Man, I don't know if you're aware, is this kind of crazy, out-there horror comic. And uh, I read the first few issues. Yeah, I, I think we talked about this one a long time ago. Yeah, when it first came out. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. It's, you know, it's contending with a lot of other horror comics that are currently out, including R.L. Stein's uh, latest horror comic. This one uh, has Goosebumps some legs, Spain. apparently, if it's gotten to yeah. issue 33. Clearly, it's been successful. And there's, I think there's even a movie coming out called Ice Cream Man. I don't know if it's based on this comic, but there mm. is a horror film coming out called Ice Cream Man. Hmm. So it might have got picked up. It may be. Uh, I find it funny that uh, this week it was either this or three covers that would have relied <laughs> on uh someone feeling a little frisky maybe even a little lonely but uh well quite frankly every cover that i thought was worth the nomination for this particular week was for lonely people uh-huh. <laughs> there was a lot of really good yeah I... art uh, Wild Cats had one featuring there's two different Wonder Womans that had one. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, but, uh, you bite to your taste. But I, I will say, 
artistically speaking, uh, Ice Cream Man number 33 has something that uh, tips it over in that, I mean, like, the more you look at it, the more, like, it begs the question, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) It kind of reminds me of, like, those old I Spy books. That's what it reminds yeah. me of. Yeah. It's really cool, really creative. Uh, it shows this kind of horror-themed skeleton c- bursting out of a hollow ice cream cone, a giant <laughs> hollow ice cream cone called Lickety Split, uh, featuring some weird demonic balloon and uh, some splatter demons. I don't know what else to call them in the background. It um, makes me think of Tim Burton. That's what it does. Yeah. That, I just kind of got to it. I feel uh, like it's some weird mashup of Tim Burton and Stephen King. Yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, okay, so there's a walking skeleton creature with all of these demons around. Yeah. But then the Stephen King part is like he's a 1950s uh, ice cream truck driver or 1950s milkman. Yeah. It makes me want to go back and catch up on the series to see what's how it's had such long legs i remember reading the first couple issues and was i mean it was intriguing but it was a little underwhelming because like it was any like typical like horror right story where you know there's something or somebody innocent and then they trust this ice cream man and then horrible things happen to them the end yeah you know I, i think that's the the thing with this is uh much like a lot of comics the early runs are probably going to be not as good because the writer's still trying to find their feet, essentially. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to uh, read the description like we always do for our cover of the week awardee, but uh, there's not really a description listed on freshcomics.us for this, so I don't know if that's because the writer didn't put a description on its advertising for it or if Fresh Comics just didn't put it, but it literally says, there's the kind of story I want to write, and then there's this story. And Which I don't could, know what that means. <laughs> that could literally mean anything. Also intended for mature audiences, if it wasn't clear enough. Don't let your kiddos read this. They'll have nightmares. Oh, yeah, no. Also, this is brought to you by Image. And Image Comics can go any number of places. Yep. Uh, if it's any indication, Image is where Spawn frequently lives. And that's about a, a revenant hitman who slowly turns into the devil's greatest warrior and of course look out for this ice cream man number 33 the lyman variant cover done by jason lyman great job jason you have a great eye-popping intriguing artistically creative cover of the week thank you all right that's a good place to wrap up the show. I want to thank you all for listening, watching. Uh, remember, you can find us on YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher is my personal favorite uh, of the listening platforms. But we really appreciate it if you gave us a nice rating. If you went on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe to us. It helps us uh, fill out that algorithm a little bit. Uh, we're doing some quality improvement uh, things on the YouTube channel especially so hopefully you're noticing those and appreciating those uh, if you have any other suggestions for the show how we could improve the show or uh, make it a little easier for you to access please reach out to us uh, you can always reach out to us on Twitter at HDBVids on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash hit the books you can reach out to us via email at hit the books vids at gmail.com send Emery your lewd boy fan art don't you do it that would be lovely please do yeah, please don't <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course catch uh, Emery and Nick 
Nick on Those Natural Ones every Tuesday at 8.30 uh, Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv forward slash Those Natural Ones. And then, of course, you can catch them on their YouTube channel at, uh, I think, the new system is youtube.com forward slash at Those Natural Ones with the tag. Uh, yes. Uh, you can catch us on uh, Twitch for now. That might be changing soon. Uh, more details to come. And if you'd like to uh, help them out for at no cost to yourself, if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, you can go onto their channel and you can subscribe with your Prime subscription. It gives them a little bit of funding to keep the show going, and it doesn't cost you a dime. It's a free me- membership subscription that you get along with your Amazon Prime membership. So if you do have one and you feel like helping out, if you could take a second to go to Those Natural Ones on uh, twitch.tv forward slash Those Natural Ones and subscribe, that would help them out a great deal. So please do so. You do have to renew it every month. It's just that's true. A silly thing that Amazon and Twitch haven't worked out. Uh, Got to renew mine like this coming Tuesday, I think. Yep, I keep forgetting to do it, and I need to do it for you guys. But uh, yeah, definitely support them if you're into that D and D content. All right, is there anything else you guys want to promote? Talk about? I think that covers it. All right, let's wrap up the show. I really appreciate you guys all once again. Thank you for watching and listening. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Oh my god, Armor Court 6 is going to be so fucking cool. Ain't it? Yep. Yeah. I got a surprise for you. Oh, do you? It's already. Oh no. Oh, oh no, party foul. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know that was possible. It was a $25 chair from Target, so you're oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm sure it slides on, but we'll try to. So. I'm feeling okay right now because I took a, a giant ibuprofen, but uh, <laughs> like two hours ago I went to pick up the baby and had to rub my back again. Really? Yeah. Oh no! So I'm like trying to be super. But he's ginger. so tiny. It was, I, I didn't even have to wait. It was uh, just the act of bending uh, over at an angle because I was like kind of like this trying to uh, pick him up. You old bastard! I know. And Chris said he was like at Pilates, so like I didn't have anybody oh. to help me. And the baby's crying because it's hungry. Oh. Like, oh my god. And so I was just like sitting there bracing myself on the side, like trying to comfort him. Like, oh. oh See? <laughs> so bad. This is why back in the day they had kids when they were 16. That's what you get yeah. for waiting to be an old dad. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't planned. <laughs> I would have been an even older dad. <laughs>